Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, where we take a nostalgic look at a random football magazine from the past. I'm Andy Smith, aka Scott's Footy Cars on Twitter, and with me is Tom Brogan. Hello. And joining us this week is Simon Weir. Hello. Each episode will invite a special guest to join us in trawling through the magazine and discuss anything contained within it. This could be anything from an article to a photo to a competition to an advert. Basically, if it's in it, then we'll talk about it. So sit back and let's shoot the breeze. Wriggles clear. Might just get the chip and he does. He's scored. Oh, what a great This week we're joined by the scorer of one of Clybank FC's greatest ever goals, Alan Jack. Welcome, Alan. Morning, guys. How's it doing? Very good, thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's more than pleasure. Yeah. So the the article or the magazine we've got to look at this week is again it's a shoot magazine, and it's from the twelfth of September, nineteen eighty one. Uh, so on the front cover we have a, a picture of Kevin Keegan looking resplendent in his England Admiral kit from nineteen eighty two. Now, for me, this is one of the most iconic and best-looking English kits, certainly in my time. Uh, there's obviously the 1966 red kit where they won the World Cup and possibly the 1990 Italia one where, you know, that holds these significant uh, memories for people. But for me, this is the this is the, the best one. Uh, saying that, cards on the table, anything from Spain, 19... 1982 for me is it's just the best. It's the pinnacle, isn't um, it? Yeah. Th- th- this was a perfect World Cup for my childhood. Uh, Scotland's results, obviously, notwithstanding, and everything from that summer. I remember it being a scorching summer. I remember I spoke about this before. We'd go down to the local radio rentals and got some wall charts for free. Managed to blag those, and then you would follow the World Cup, fill it in. For me, just 1982 was a special, special one. So. I think we briefly discussed this previously. What's your memories of 82 and what do you think was your favourite? Do you know, this this sounds ridiculous, but my memories of 1982 was, I think it was Naranja, was it? Yeah, yeah. The World Cup mascot. mascot. And me and my brother used to play darts. And uh, I remember my dad taking us down to a a sports shop in St. Enoch Square. And uh, we were away getting new darts and new flights for the darts as well. And my brother got these Naranja right. Spain 82 dart flights and I was absolutely gutted. <laughs> I wanted I wanted these flights. It was a logo. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought absolutely it was brilliant. And even though, I mean, in 82, I would have been, I think I was saying, I was about eight year old at that point. Yeah. Um, I remember it. But my first real World Cup that I remember was 86, but I do remember a lot from 82 and, you know, things like, you know, as I said, the place was buzzing and one of my good mates actually went over. Um, Stuart Robertson, yeah, big Robbo played with a few other clubs as well, and played a bit with the the Buffs team that won the Scottish Cup yeah. with Bobby Dixon, and he went over and I think he was eighteen years old, and he said it was absolutely immense going to Spain in eighty two. He says was just brilliant. He says you know it was just a, a great atmosphere, but for me watching the TV was brilliant. Mm. It was great. Have you managed Good. to get to any of the World Cup? Like ninety would have been the last one. No. Yeah, 90 was the last one. Nin- Italia 90 was the last one. 98, no, I don't. sorry, France. France 98, yeah. apologies, yeah, I, you're right, France 98. No, no, John Collins was the only I'm, I'm leading you. Um, we can edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> we can say that, but they well, never it's edit the stuff out. Man. It's the basics, It's the basics. Like. <laughs> Whenever okay, you say we'll edit that out later, it never. <laughs> never. Exactly, yeah. never. <laughs> I'm just highlighting that for the listeners. <laughs> do, you know, <laughs> do you know, it's something, uh, 
I've always wanted to do is go to a World Cup, yeah, uh, yeah. European Championships. Um, and when Josh was born, my son, I, I wanted to go and try and make that happen. Yeah. But unfortunately, not so much with Scotland, no even being in it. It's just where the locations have been. Lately, mm. they've been, although Russia was a success, they say, yeah. but they're a bit of a strange one to go and try and do, you know? So as I, as I said, it's always been an ambition, but uh, Josh is now 18, and to try and do that's quite difficult. Yeah. Uh, now his age as well, but I would have loved to have done it, but no, I've not had the chance. Any of you guys done it? Nah, and again, it gets to that qualifying thing now, doesn't it? So, you know, we're missing out in some, some great places, but nah, it's... it's the, the whole part of it, I wish I'd gone to France 98. Aye. That's that's the, the, the one I should have gone to. You know, I had a chance and didn't go. And sometimes it is one of these, it's a lifetime thing, you know? Being a Celtic fan, then you're used to winning trophies and things, Aye. but it's like being... <laughs> It's like being an Alloa fan now. You go, ah, you're never, never in my lifetime yep. are we going to qualify again. So it's a big ask now. Mm-hmm. It's a big ask even to get there, but it'd be great. I think, I think to go to a, a Tartan Army thing in the World Cup, somewhere like Spain as well. It'd be perfect, wouldn't it? I, I think it would have been brilliant. Going back to Euro 96, I went down, my, my, my cousin worked for the press and he invited us down and as you do, you, you end up taking up a few freebies. I never went to any of the games. I was basically being like a runner for his... He was a uh, photographer, basically. So I was doing the running. But just the atmosphere. The atmosphere in the whole... Every area in England was absolutely brilliant. We were based in uh, Staffordshire. And the whole place was buzzing. Mm. The whole place. So looking at it, coming for this Euro 20... 22, is it? 22? Or 20? You know, was it now? Twenty later this year. Just later this year, yeah. Yep. yeah. It's shared but across. The idea is try to share it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Actually, so do I. Yeah. I think it's really, think really so. good. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I, I think competitions in the past have been good because there's been a cultural thing about them. Mm. So I mean, it's like you know, it's yeah, like so, yeah, the Spain that celebrates Brazil, Spanish culture as well. Yeah. That rather than it being all different places. I think I think it's a valid point, but I think I'm being selfish, being Scottish and not having the opportunities yeah. to get these <laughs> things. I think we would grab it anything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I think, I think to be part of a host to be better than being nothing as well. But yeah. we could be going to Qatar. <laughs> Jesus, have you seen? Did you watch that with Gary Neville? No. Very interesting. All the, I would the, say the is the backstory it, of the whole. I, and he didn't, he, he didn't, to be fair to Gary Neville, he didn't hold back. Yeah. He didn't hold back. Okay. He didn't hold back from a political, a social um, aspect of it. You know, even went and met the workers who were actually building the stadiums, spoke to him about their, uh, basically their living conditions and basically wages. And he told them about their agents' fees. And he actually went over to one of the, the, the managers and pulled them over and basically demanded that they got their agent's fees back and got, you know, more of a, a living wage or a minimum wage. Yeah. So fair play to the guy, he done a good yeah, job. Yeah. Really good job. But it's amazing what can be done in that short space of time. Obviously, they've got oodles of money to get these stadiums up, but the stadiums they're building are unbelievable. It's For a country that's got no football heritage and no, no. football history, it's, it's such a big scam. But again, it touches on one of the things we've talked about before in these podcasts about the scams at FIFA and UEFA as well, you know, yeah. these people that just pocketed the money and, and that's that's why it goes. So to, so to get something like, I think when you look at something like Spain Night 82, that was one of the last, and Mexico 86, kind of one of the last pure ones. The magical. Because 90, oh. you've got Maradona and drugs and things as well, do you know mm. what I mean? So you've got, there's a shadow hanging over them all after yeah, that, really. But, but saying that, maybe we just 
were a bit naive about what was going on. Maybe all that. Oh stuff yeah, maybe, maybe, but there's still got a stigma to it. Absolutely. That was a pure World Cup. Mm-hmm. '86 was a pure World Cup, apart from the hand of God. See, <laughs> the, the, what, what, yeah, well, that that could add to it. <laughs> but one of, one of the things I love about, I mean, just even looking at the front cover of this magazine, it's a great format, cover. It's, there's there's a glow almost around the photographs. Mm. It's it's not absolutely, you know, pinpoint, you know, the resolution and things like that. There's a, there's a majesty about it. I'm going to, I'll use the word majesty. I just think it, it looked better, the football back I then, think so in terms well. of photographs. I think, so. I think the colours as well. I mean, the, the, the colours that was with that, although I've never liked an England team in my life, <laughs> that was that was the iconic England strip, wasn't yeah. it? That Admiral oh. strip. It was just, I saw that in 1981 and I saw Keegan play his last game for England and he came off as a sub. And everyone sang Cheerio, I remember that, it was mm. at Hamden Park. And that was a strip, it was one of those iconic moments stuck in your mind. Were you there? I was there. Ah, yeah, my dad took us and I've still got a ticket and I had a huge flag. I've still got this, I still wear the scarf that I got that day. But um, I had a big flag, a big lion rampant flag. And I kept jabbing this really pretty blonde woman in front of me <laughs> in the back. And she kept turning around and was like... So obviously then it was a wee shagger. <laughs> jabbing her to get her turning. Dad, check out this, Kevin Keegan off. Dad! <laughs> As long as you use the experience wisely. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think I think what you said there earlier on about it being, you know, like there's nostalgia there and everything else. But the big thing for me for 82, 86, and even going to Italian 90, was when I was growing up, right? We used to, I don't know about you guys, but we used to play World Cup. Aye. Where you would just put down a couple of jumpers, somebody would go in goals, you would either play it, you know, Three as an individual, mm-hmm. Or you'd either play as two v two, and you'd pick a team, and then if you ever scored first, they go through to the next round, yeah. and so on and so forth. And we had a sin bin. I think that is totally lost, yeah. and I think in terms of football now, I'm quite passionate about this, right? I think the academy system's a good system. I think we've got the kids in a better environment, but I tell you what, we've not got, we've not got the, should I say, the swagger. As we were talking about, we, we Joe, an yeah. individualism like we Joe, a wee Joe Muller or somebody free stand in Glasgow mm. or... Take the ball and Clyde express Bank. yourself. Aye, yeah. express yourself. We don't have that. I mean, I used to love... I mean, we used to be, as I said, I'm from East End, Thompson Street. My mum was taught flat. Mum and dad were taught flat. And we'd be out to all hours a night playing football, yeah. playing football. And I think society has lost that. Yeah. Totally lost that. And I think these old nostalgic shoot magazines as we spoke about briefly mm. Andy have bringing back fond memories for me yeah. you know whether it be World Cup or Crossy 7 and 7 by you don't see kids doing that nowadays there was a I can't remember which one it was in but there was an article I read recently in one of these magazines that spoke about how it used to be so you would you would groups of kids would go and just play football themselves yeah, and so they had to make up the rules they had to referee themselves so mm. there was all this that they had to do themselves there wasn't grown-ups there saying you've got to do this so yeah, exactly. decisions had to be made and, and it made you think about the game it made you understand things a yeah, lot and, more and than, control than just, it you control yeah. your own environment yeah. now they're waiting for an adult to come along to referee it no, mm-hmm. first of all was pick the goalie the worst or last of all pick the goalie you, I, I mean I, the, the I, my ball rule exactly my ball so I'll be able it's a whole culture itself of course me and my big brother they end up fighting and things like that as well You know, and that's what it's all about you know it's it's about growing up things like that as well but just as I was thinking about the World Cup and then Spain 82 it was always everybody at that point as well as the tournament was progressing, Italy were being more successful. Yeah. 
and everybody wanted to be Paolo Rossi, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Everybody wanted See, to me, be. I was always Brazil. Were you always Brazil? Always Brazil all the way through. Rossi broke my heart many times. Oh, right. Well, Rossi came, it was a substitute that wasn't meant to go, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was banned, was he? he yeah. I was something like that. He I was think. banned for two years. Was, yeah, he, yeah. was he Serie B or Serie A? I think it was I a think, low league, wasn't he? Well, I think Juventus didn't Juventus get demoted? There was a whole there was a match fixing match fixing scandal. thing. Yeah, yeah, he, got, he, he was involved. In. He was involved yeah. in that. But he ends up going. He wins obviously yeah. the golden boot. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think they sort of brought him back. Yeah, I think he was an add-on. Oh, excuse me, he was an add-on. He was an add-on, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think did he not win the golden book and uh, the golden boot and the golden ball? As well, maybe. I think he's one of the first players maybe. to do both. What's it? What was the golden ball? Best player. Best player. Yeah. Right. It's a so that that I remember really well, and just going back to those Brazil team that that should have won it. The best team in the world who never won the World Cup was that team. Was that a Jorginho on that? Yeah, yeah, I know it was. um, It was Socrates, Socrates, Zico Junior, Aiden. Socrates and Zico. Tafarel was a goalie. Tafarel Perez was a goalie. Right. All right. Okay. What about a uh, big Ruffy talks about it as well, talking about the Socrates one, where he's a uh, I can't remember who the player was. It's hut the shot, and it's rattled off the bar, and I think Socrates has then headed it, and big Ruffy saved it. And if you've ever been to any of these after dinner ones, he's like, he says everybody thinks it was some save. He says, but what they don't realise is, he says I was actually going for the first shot. He says <laughs> and I was lucky enough to get the head on the rebound. <laughs> it's his face. He's laughing. I've got a signed picture of Ruffy where he's just he's just his hands are there, he's going. You can almost see him going Top corner There are a lot of photographs Of absolute dejection Absolutely and, You know Resignation From <laughs> Ruffy For that period It was just But I, did Again it's the Neri goal As well and Neri the Neri, oh, I've got a another Sing picture of that one As a Neri hit, That moment he hits it And he, he said um, He said Neri said apparently As soon as I ran up to him went, Well done You made them angry <laughs> <laughs> But do you know as I say to Josh as well, and I feel sorry for Josh's era because they've never actually seen a no. Scotland team in a World Cup. We were, we were very lucky. Yeah. We were very lucky. We, were, we expected to be yep. there. Look at the players we had. And I remember, uh, was it um, Italian, ain't he? Mm. And I think it was the f- five in a row, wasn't it? It was like uh, we done yeah. 74, mm. 78. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had my own t- I had my yeah. T-shirt five, <laughs> like five in a row. even beat England's record at the time. It was, that's it right. Was, huh? Yeah, we, we, were, we were the only British team who'd qualified for five, five World Cups in a row. In a row. Yeah. And we'd, we'd done that. And I'm thinking nowadays, especially for likes of Josh and these kids, yeah, they've never seen yeah. us in that. And a you know a major tournament. I, know, I was just thinking the sound, the sound effects, barely for a carrier. Can. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, just declare that was a can of coke. <laughs> just to let you know, that. mentioned the five in a row. <laughs> that, that was from one of our more experienced members there as well. <laughs> By the way, that's that's page, that's the front page we've been talking about there. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we've got, so we've see got... you next week for part two. <laughs> that's so, good. So we'll take a look inside here. So page two, if we go into that, so the. In the top corner there, we've got a heading suicide squad, and it's uh, about Middlesbrough at the time. So, apparently, Middlesbrough have been forced into a form of suicide by selling their best players in recent months. They hadn't won a major trophy in 105 years, and it was unlikely to break in 1982. So, as we may or may not know, Middlesbrough had to wait until 2004 when they won the Football League Cup when they beat Bolton at the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff 2 1. So in the article, the, there is concern about selling their talent. Graham Soonis moved to Liverpool and Craig Johnson also went the same route. Now, the current manager there at Borough is Bobby Murdoch, where he replaced John Neal, who was the previous manager. They've also lost Mark Proctor and David Armstrong, who'd spent 11 years at Borough. 
um, a great name, Bosko Jankovic, had also been released. Murdoch was left with having to achieve success with young talent and Borough are very much a selling club. Unfortunately, they went on to finish the 1981-82 season at the foot of the Old First Division, leading to relegation, only managing eight wins from 42. So Murdoch was actually, he was Jack Charlton's first signing as manager at Borough back in 73 when he joined on a free, and he played 125 games before retiring in 76. And he became the manager in the summer of 1981 before leaving at the end of the season. So it's a lot of great players mentioned Isn't there. Isn't that just? Soonest, Craig Johnson, David yeah. Armstrong. Okay, yeah. I mean, Craig Johnson, who famously went on to design the Predator Boots. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 What about, is that the Bobby Murdoch? Uh, yeah. The yeah. Bobby, yeah. Again, I'd obviously before my time and probably before yeah, yeah, some of your yeah. time as well, but my father-in-law says what a player he was. Mm, absolutely. And he still had a lot to give. I think when he went to Middlesbrough, his performances were brilliant. Yeah. They realised that they've got shot, Celtic got shot this guy too early. He broke up the Lisbon Lions team almost too early and sent him off. Was he the one that, that, that lacked a bit of pace but was very... That's he could, right. He could, play, he could ping he the ball, ping the anywhere, ball anywhere he wanted anywhere. it. Seemingly was also, outstanding also, this guy. With like Jimmy Johnson, they would look after Jimmy Johnson on the pitch Aye. as well. He'd go and fix somebody. Aye. Clattered him and things as well but he was he was, he was was the best player, I think, actual ball uh, player in that team. Do you know that that that's one of the things that I love about football? You know, we're talking about, you know, players like that as well. It's not an individual thing. It's a team thing. Absolutely. And, you know, and we can't... We, it makes up... Different individuals make up teams, you yeah. know, and, and the best way I can put that is looking at me and my brother. Mm-hmm. We're totally polar opposites. Yeah. And that's what makes a team. That is really what makes a team. So when I'm hearing things and I listen to my father-in-law and people talk about guys like Bobby Murdoch, you know, and, and how they play, you hear about the... <laughs> the pace of the game, pace of the game, pace of the game nowadays. How could these guys, I mean, this guy was meant to have been outstanding. Absolutely. And how much would he be worth now? Well, but, would he, but what would his fitness be like now? Would it be a lot faster? Would it be a lot faster? Would it be different? different would his balls. lifestyle, would these guys have made it? Because no. the lifestyle would be I, different. Yep. Well, you, you got you got to think that they would have adapted. Oh, I definitely you know, think so. They would, yeah, they would have accepted so, yeah. the, the training methods, the, the diets and things like that, Absolutely. rather than, I'm not saying he wasn't. Well, these things are all to improve you as a player. Yeah. So, and their understanding, coaching side of its understanding has improved immensely in the last 50 years. Mm. But a natural footballer like that will play for any team. Well, at any time. Incredible. But, you, you know, the interesting thing for me is as well when you're talking about fitness and, and basically diets and sports scientists and so on and so forth and, and tactics. Yeah. Tell me a wee bit, I think we went overkill. Yeah. And actually, the Graham Soonis and the Jackie Charlton is a classic relationship. I don't know if any of you have actually seen the Soonest video of his, his DVD at that point. It would have been video actually when I seen uh, it. It's absolutely outstanding. Goes to Spurs, leaves his home in Edinburgh, goes yeah. to Spurs. Dave McKay's there trying to look after him. Can't hack it. Comes back up the road. Then goes back to Middlesbrough. And seemingly, and it, this is what football is, in, a, in my opinion, because at the end of the day, as I said to you before we are chatting, everybody has a level, right? And eventually we'll filter down, we'll find a level. Mm. But we all need to be told what we're doing well and we need a bit of confidence. And seemingly when he went to Middlesbrough, Jack Charlton looked after him as a father figure. Uh, and his goals that he scored at Middlesbrough and the way he played was incredible. It reflected how he was looked after by Jack Charlton. And it, it, to me, man management nowadays as well is something that's got to come to the forefront now because yeah. these guys now need to be told they're doing well. You know, it's who did somebody do that for you in your career? Oh. In my career, if I'm going to be brutal honest with you, aye, Tommy Burns. Tommy Burns is um Michael Marnock. Aye, aye. I could 
the stories I could tell you, you know, 16-year-old and uh, we're playing Celtic, my first reserve game. And uh, Celtic's team was Gordon Marshall, um, Brian O'Neill, um, Charlie Nicholas, Jerry Craney, um, was uh, Dushchek, Darius Dushchek playing at that point as well. Um, we Brian McLaughlin, we Pelly was playing. Um, there was some right good good players at this day, and I'm thinking I'm just going up as part of the squad, and uh, I'm on the bench. And I remember a wee boy, I keep saying for East End of Glasgow, going into Parkhead. And obviously I was a Rangers supporter as well, right? So, and the gaffer being for the East End and he knew me and I was a left footer as well. So there was a bit of a, there was a, there was a bit of an alliance towards me, to be fair, <laughs> leading this, to say. And um, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And I remember Mark Roberts was having an absolute stinker. Yeah. And it was 15 minutes into the game. We're getting beat 1-0. And... Uh, the gaffer stands up, he's in the director's box. It's a closed door game, there was only directors right. in that there. Mm-hmm. And he stands up and he says, um, Starkey, get him off. And I'm like, all right, okay. And he's like, Jacko, go and warm up, son. And that goes and warms up. And uh, How are your bowels at this point? I'm uh, actually all right. I've always yeah, been yeah. quite composed that way. I've always yeah, been yeah. quite composed. See, at the end of the day, the, uh, my philosophy is, but I'm not going to die. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah so nobody's going to die. If you make yeah. a mistake, you make a mistake, yeah. right? That's it's it. coming it's, on at sub, though, is always I find difficult. You know what I mean? I think it's exciting. Mm. It's exciting. It's really exciting. So, Marco gets what, and Marco's in the first team at this point as well. He's, you know, doing well and yeah, everything yeah. else. And really, Marco's a great player, but he gets hooked off. And the gaffer says to me, right, I know you normally play midfield, he says, but just go up. He says, and play up top. He says, but play in the left. I'm like, right, that's fine, no worries. So Brian O'Neill is a good player he was. He's playing at the back and he's kind of being sulky and messing about with it. And I've nipped in and took it off him, right? So it's just me. It's one and one now with Marshall. So I'm about 20 yards out and Marshall's came out and narrowed the angle down and I'm just left to the D in the 18-yard spot and he's came out. So I've kind of dummied him a wee bit. And I've dinked him, right? I've chipped him. And it's went into the top corner, far side, right? So it's a closed-door game. Young boy, first game, Rangers supporter, right? And it's into, it's into the Celtic end, and you're thinking... A one-man crowd. Where? It's only directors, right? And I'm thinking, where, where, do, where do I go? Where do I go? Did you, did you not make that well, noise go? Well, no. It gets, it gets worse, right? So it's silence, right? And the gaffer stands up in the director box. And I kid you not, right? I kid you not, this is it. <laughs> bravo Jacko bravo and I thought you've just killed me here gaffer you've just killed me so after that I was like the son of the gaffer the yeah. gaffer's boy but the guy in terms of man management the following week we're away we're away to St Murn the following week right and I've, we've got guys in my team like Danny Craney mm. Puffer what a yeah. player absolutely and to be fair, after that game, it, we end up getting, believe it, believe it or not, 7-1, right? We go absolutely battled 7-1, <laughs> honestly. And Danny Craney, as you know, was good pals with Charlie Nicholas. And uh, Danny was staying with, uh, was going with a woman uh, for Duke Street at the time. And him and Charlie dropped me off. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. And Charlie Nicholas said to me, he says, we man, he says, if you show that level of confidence, he says, the sky's the limit for you. And you need guys like that too, but unfortunately football changes. But the next week we're away to St Murnett Love Street. And we've got, as I said, what a team we had. Um, we had Bobby G in goals, Bobby Geddes. Shuggy Burns was right back. Uh, Puffer was playing, Danny Craney. Mark Riley was playing. Tam Black was yeah. playing, right? We had a, like, a really good squad of players out. A lot of first team players. And uh, Martin Baker was playing for St Murnett at the time. 
and he was left back. And Kenny Dalglish was coming up. I think it was Blackburn they was at the time right. to sign Bexy. And the gaffer says to me, "Here we right, Ian. He says, I'm going to. He says, I'm going to put you on the right, right. He says, just in this. The gaffer's words were brilliant. He never swore anything like that, but his patter was brilliant. He black. Go and give him water in the heat, son. Right, that's what he said, right. <laughs> and I'm like, no bother. So, and I remember, oh, he's brilliant, absolutely fantastic. And I can remember, and you know, it's football's changed so much, right. You're going to get me on a rant now, right? But football's changed so much, right? But. I remember playing, you would play reserve team football and your own teammates, the experienced pros would help you through. Yeah. But see, even in the other team, they would be they, talking, they you, would through be talking well. you through it as Absolutely. well, right? And it's an absolute, that's your learning, that, yeah. that's your grounding. We don't have that nowadays. So, and you, Shuggy Burns obviously played with Rangers, Starkey was playing for us as well, right? And and there was a there was a good like banter and Shuggy would be going out, banging the tunnel and saying, Mon the Rangers, and that. And it'd be like, <laughs> it'd be good fun and banter, right? But it was brilliant. So, Half time, the first team players are having a bit of a stinker, right? So I'm sitting in this, uh, uh, and you're just talking about man management, right? And I'm sitting, and I've got my head down thinking, right, we're going to get slaughtered here. And he's going through all the first team, and he gets to me and he says, and you? And I'm thinking, oh no. What is it? And he says, stone up. And I'm like, stands up, and he's like, no. Up on the bench, so you're in this room, right? And you're on the physio bench and they're wearing, you're standing there like that. You're only again 16 years old, and all these experienced pros of who have all played, Bobby Williamson played as well, so Rangers, Celtic yeah, players, yeah. different else, right? I played at the high end, right? And they're all standing there like that, and he goes, like, See, I'll use, take a right good look at him, right? And I'm like, Oh, he says, Because nannies could lace his boots, he says. And I'm going like, Gaffer, are you. You're destroying me here, you're absolutely destroying me. But inside, I'm glowing, inside, I'm buzzing. But at the same time, mentally, I'm thinking, these guys are going to rip me to shreds here, right? But he was that type of guy. And uh, man management skills and his banter and everything else. I mean, the Rangers, the, the Rangers Cup final, we went to them semi final and we, we, we basically got beat in a, a semi final replay. Because back then it was like the replay again. Yeah. And uh, big Craigie Parson was brought back into the team and they played brilliant against Big Hatley as well. And I remember when we got beat in the, the replay the semi, the dressing room on the Monday morning was just dire, right? And I swear, the gaffer just walks in, right? And the, the radio, the music was always on, right? And it was just, and he just walked in and he goes like, it's like a bloody Morgan here. Mm. Get the music on and put the music on and that was it. Everything just yeah. lifted. Starts the end of it. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. But talking about man management, that guy would be... Diff aye, aye. And then Alec Totten came in and it was a totally different mindset. I could tell you a few funny stories about that right enough. Aye, it was funny. But different mindset. But Toy Burns? Yeah, it's funny how it changes a club though, isn't it, when a manager goes? And the whole regime changes, doesn't it? And you get used to, used to the coaching team, used to everyone around you, but when a manager comes in and suddenly everything changes. And it, and it completely changes the club. That's what a lot of fans don't realise as well. That's when players go, it's time for me to go. Mm. As well, they just you just don't gel straight away sometimes. Sometimes it's just an easy transfer. Simon, you're, but, you're, bang, you're so right. And my my football, my experiences at a young age has, has taught me a lot of life lessons. Absolutely. And I tried to say to my, my young son, Josh, when when the gaffer left, I mean, as you hear me still referring to him as the gaffer, right? Yeah. Because I didn't even call Alec Totten gaffer after that. It was boss. Yeah. Boss. Never could. There was only one gaffer for me, right? And the guy was outstanding. And 
But what he done was he, he made such an impression on me that I was blinkered. And sometimes as a footballer and as a person, whether it's be football or work life, sometimes you need to do what the manager, well, you do need to do what the manager says. You know, you might not like it, but that's the reality. And Tommy Burns' ethos was totally different to Alec Totten's. Yeah. And it was hard to adjust. And as a young player, I I, I, I should have just bit my tongue and, and, and just learnt my lessons. But it is a massive, massive change. Going from changes, aye, isn't it? Yeah. Aye, because we're all... I remember the, the night he went to Celtic and, and Tommy Burns and this this speaks volumes of the guy he actually phoned all the players and he phoned my mum came up she's like that's 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 Tommy Burns on the phone for you and he's on the phone and he's crying and he's he's crying and saying to me you know son he says I'm gutted for you he says you've got a lot of future ahead for you I'd love to and he, he actually you know he's talking about Celtic he says you're a wee Rangers man he says and I want people to beat Celtic that's Celtic minded and things like that and he says it's like if Rangers came for you you would be going and he was so passionate at what he'd done and I think to be honest with you when he went to Celtic that team that he had was probably some of the best football yeah, that anybody's ever seen so yeah. it speaks the guy for me was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, as you can see, I get quite passionate about it because yeah, he was aye. he was he was superb. And there's and obviously nobody that's got a bad word about Tommy Burns. No, no. Show, and that was while he was still alive. Yeah, no, just yeah. Since no, his no, 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 no. He was a uh, phenomenal, but um, brilliant, brilliant. But eighty-two again. A lot of these guys played in eighty-two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, Starkey. Starkey was phenomenal. Mm. Billy Stark was yeah, unreal. Yeah, he was an unbelievable player. He well, was, he was. I think was he linked with. Bayern Munich or something. I think it was. One time. I think it was. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. He might have been. I tell you, and he was like a prince on the pitch as well, wasn't he? He was just, just carved glide. through people, just glided through people, and he was tall and thin. You think he would take the ball off him? You no. couldn't. No. You couldn't get near him. No. Here's one for you that you'll love, Simon. Josh McCluskey. Oh yeah, absolutely. Toby. Absolutely. And this is it. This is the thing again. Talking about dressing rooms and everything else. Toby would come in because obviously he was friends with with, with Tommy Burns. He'd yeah. come in and go like. Right, big nose, five asides a day, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, no, come on, right, big nose, we're playing yeah, five yeah. asides a day, and you're like, can he do that? It's a gaffer, do you know what I mean? It's, oh, it's great, and I love the fact that with George, he was, cause he was up beside Jimmy Johnston as well, wasn't he? At uh, View Park? Aye, and, uh, and Jimmy would come to his door with a ball and all that. Same with Joe. Aye. With the ball, Joe coming out to play football. <laughs> he did the same with George, so George did everything, he said, I was a professional footballer. I'm, you know, I'm playing, I'm touted by every team in, in Britain. Top scorer at Celtic, I'm top scorer in the league. I'm out in the park. And I went to the park and we did all my pre season. I would do extra training all the time with Jimmy Johnson. He taught me how to keep, how to keep the ball, yep. get players off. He said because he was tiny, but he was built like that. I love things like that. When would you get that now? But see what you're saying. You know, it's, again, it's bringing back things as well, right? Mm -hmm. I was 17 year old and we're talking about playing World Cup. So 17, I'd have been 1992, 92, 93, 17 years. Uh, and. We're talking about playing World Cup in Crossy Inn or seven in, yeah. seven by. So in Reed Vale Street, there was Remnant Kings mm -hmm. and there was a shutter and it was ideal for a goal. And we used to play crosses. Yeah. So we're out playing crosses this night. And here's the police van comes in. And then he's a then he's a drinking or uh -huh. doing drugs or anything like that. We're just playing football. We're all doing about the same age. And the police pulls up, just like that, right? He's ready to actually geese the jail, basically, right? Yeah. And we're like, what is it? And he's like, and I'm actually full time footballer this time, right? You know, I'm that. And I'm the oldest, and the police scout is, they need a shift. And I, I actually went like to him and says, We're not actually doing any harm here. We're actually playing a bit of football. We're not breaking into cars. We're not yeah. smashing windows. We're actually doing something 
that's that's good for us. It's productive. It's healthy as well. We don't see that anymore. Nah. It's destroying it. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's 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 so sad. It really I just, is. I just love the fact that professional footballers are kicking a ball about the street. Just, <laughs> just I think that's what you used to do in that, in that era. You would go on a Sunday and play with your pals or whatever. Absolutely. Do you know, see, at the end of the day, there's that tournament we played, right? Mm-hmm. That, that tournament we played in June there. What about the fun? What about the oh, laugh, the camaraderie that we got for it? And that's what it's all about. I still play with John, mm-hmm. with John Dixon as well. Mm-hmm. We John Dixon actually played with Clyde Bank when right. they were senior as well. John Crooks, big Stevie Walker and things like that. We still play five sides every Wednesday night. Yeah. Now, there's some of the boys, they still want to go in and win. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. John and Crooks have been one of them, but it's a banter as well that goes along with it. Yeah. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. The thing is, with that tournament, it was a case of as soon as you went into that dressing room, it was constant. Aye. And it was it was just buzzing and things like that. Is that something that the players must miss terribly? As soon as the career's finished, it's that part of it. It's Aye, the camaraderie. It's camaraderie suddenly, it? suddenly you're on your own. Aye. So uh, we we did we we spoke about David Harvey the other week who was became a postman and discussed how that was about getting that banter back that camaraderie and that buzz again. So you know players after they have stopped playing they do want to get that back. And if you're saying about playing five a side regularly, that's still there. But that's what that's what you want, isn't it? That's that's what people miss. I think as you said. You know, going back to, as I said, even as a child, right, and you're playing your football with your mates, whether it be, as I said, the World Cup games. I mean, we used to even play Rangers v Celtic, right, oh, yeah, the Celtic absolutely. supporters one side or the Rangers, and it's all banter. Mm. I mean, I, I, I get sick and tired of hearing people talking about the bigotry and the sectarianism and everything else. Nonsense. So at the moment, at the beginning, it's natural football rivalry. Of course it is. If you can get back to that wee boys level of it, that's exactly that's what it exa- was. Aye. You've always got your team. Aye. If you're United or City, aye, it's, just, it's just our Celtic Rangers as United exactly. City, but, and it's, it's but it becomes brilliant. poisonous as it goes along. Uh, of course that's the it is. There, there is a few, there is a few, but it's it's brilliant and it's banter and everything else is what goes on. And, you know, as you're going back to that, it's a true series, you said, when you're picking your teams, you know, and... You, God forbid, but yeah. it's usually the fat one that goes in goals into it. You're yeah, like, right, yeah. in goals, you're, you're getting goals here, so you're, do you know what I mean? Except, Except if you own the ball. Except if you own the ball. It's your ball, that's it. <laughs> Have a wee up and out. Exactly. I will say, yes, it's probably the reason I started off in goals. <laughs> I, I'd call it chubby at the time, aye, rather aye. than fat. See, so. I say I'm big boned now. <laughs> I actually said to the wife, I've got an overactive knife and fork. <laughs> <laughs> big bones and gravy, I think Billy Conley called it. Yeah. Right, back, back to the magazine. Page five, we're going to jump to here. So it's a tartan. Buzzing through it. Buzzing through it, yeah. So tartan talk with Danny McGrain. So we're talking about Scotland versus Sweden, the game that's um, coming up, and it's a World Cup qualifier. And they're saying three more points and we'll be there. So group six of the qualifying group sees Scotland at the top with Northern Ireland, Sweden, Portugal and Israel. The three points against Sweden will take Scotland to the World Cup. When Sweden, uh, Scotland to the World Cup, the Sweden have qualified for the last three finals, so they're not no mugs. Scotland beat Sweden and Stockholm one 0 but Sweden have improved since then, having won against Portugal and Northern Ireland. There is talk of a full house at Hamden and a magical atmosphere. Danny says there's nothing quite like Glasgow. So this comes back to this thing that I have about people saying the atmosphere at Hamden's rubbish. This that and other thing. And for me, it's all about what we're providing on the pitch. It's, you know, the the quality on the pitch, it's going, actually going for and being in the the hunt for qualifying. You give that 
you you provide that, there'll be an atmosphere. I talked again about the Scotland England game. That atmosphere, especially the last five ten minutes, okay, it wasn't you know, through the whole game. But if you can get it on the park, that atmosphere will be there. The fans will turn up, absolutely, yeah. and they'll absolutely lift the game. But again, at this one, we're still talking about Old Hamden. Yeah, you know, so it was there was a better atmosphere. It was that yeah. that stand like that. You were right on top of the action. Since they flattened out, there's a difference. But as you said, the Lee Griffiths game mm. is is the barometer. That's what we yeah. have to get to again. If the, if the product and the pitch is terrible, you're not going to get that same excitement. Well, I mean, here I, I don't think Hamden was fully covered at this point. Would it have been? No, so, no, it wasn't covered, no. but it was it was the way it was built. Yeah, the stand, yeah. the stand, because I used to go there. The pitch is built. It was much closer, and you were right above it. It was more yeah. like the Ibrox stand, uh, the main yeah. stand. I actually were you were actually mm. it, was, it was really really high, sort of camber right. on it, but it was a great atmosphere, uh, and it kept the noise in. Actually, you know what I mean? It just yeah. kept the yep, yep. So well, this, sorry again, if you look at it right, and I don't mean this disrespectful to any of the players that are playing nowadays, right? Look at that team. I know. No. Right, Dan, I mean, they're a picture of Danny McGrain, <laughs> right? Danny McGrain was the best left back in the world, in my opinion. Yep. Right back, left back. I mean, he had to play, was it left back for Scotland because of Sandy Jarvis? Yeah, yeah. right? Look at the and players are fitting in. Uh, uh, and you're like, that guy was phenomenal. Yeah. And again, that brings back memories to me and John as well because John actually supported Celtic. <laughs> so one side of my room was Celtic, one side of my room was Rangers, <laughs> and he had Danny McGrain up in his wall. Yeah, Danny McGrain. It's a classic a, Glasgow bedroom, isn't it? Of course it is. Of course it is, right? But he was phenomenal. And yeah, then you oh, go, wonderful, you wonderful go, player. You couldn't get past him. Kenny Douglas would have been running about yeah, there yeah, at that time. Sunnis would have been yeah, in there yeah. at that time. Hansen, I know we had the. the a lot of them. The just old Joe Jordan up front. Joe Jordan as well. Playing with Milan, wasn't he? Yeah. So. There is a bit, I, I agree with you, you, if the product's there, but yeah. you've got to realise what our capabilities are. Exactly. And, and where we are nowadays, and 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 is it because we're not playing World Cup and... And playing till 10 o'clock at night until it goes dark from the first thing in the morning. I mean, how many paedophiles are there? <laughs> <laughs> children can't play out all day, you know Tom, what I mean? Tom, can you so do that? <laughs> How many paedophiles are in the big fear? How many paedophiles can there possibly be? They're all caught because of the internet anyway, because they can't. Because I can't can resist tell you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you see this? Is this normal? So, so, so that's what's definitely missing. I think society-wise, that's what's missing. Also, the absence of pitches and blaze. Even blaze pitches are, or you, you make a pitch anywhere. I don't see goals drawn on yeah, walls, streets yeah. and walls no, anymore. No. I don't see that you no. chalk things or tape things it became semi-permanent you don't yeah. see that anywhere well, every blaze pitch had five six games going on yeah, yeah. but it goes back to Andy you mentioned that but we made up our own rules mm. see across no the, adults exactly like, yeah. we, across the road we had remember the wee part, tiny park benches Absolutely. the wee mm. ones that just a wooden plant and mm. two metal poles on them that's your goals we, we played this game he one Mm-hmm. Right, and it'd be one v one, and you'd get you, you know, you play one another, and you like, right, well, you're off, right, next, but and it'd be one or stays on, yeah, one or stays on, mm-hmm. and it'd be absolutely brilliant. It makes and you use skills improve. You use the wall, see the wall, like a one two, yeah. or to bounce. Yeah, you organised out that way, wasn't it? Ah, we were, we were, hey, see if I tell you, we, we were on the ball, parking the ball, the park, <laughs> but it was brilliant. To, where, where I lived, there used to be a, a gable end. Mm-hmm. For a, and I used to go out and kick the ball up against it, and then catch, catch it, it yeah. until. The, the old guy who was also a wee bit of a surplus upstairs with dolls coming, I try to sleep up here or something. I don't know if he was on the night shift, but <laughs> but again, that famous let me yeah, sketch. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to what you said earlier on as well about over coaching, mm. everything has to be organised. Yeah, as you said, absolutely. Simon as well. You need a referee. You need um, you need adults there. You need this. You've got to have yeah. this. Players need to be oh 
kitted up with her, their boots on. You would go with everything. I, I remember at least one occasion in Drum Chapel, um, we, there was a group of us, and there wasn't enough for a full 11 aside. But we wanted an 11 aside, so we basically just started walking about the drum, trying to find 11 other yeah. people. And you would find them, and you would just have a game. You've just got it. Exactly. What about the 10 20 Yeah. Remember playing a 10 20 yeah, yeah. It'd be 10 goals, and then yeah, obviously yeah, half yeah. time, right? And then the 20, yeah. best of 20 and everything else. They're guaranteed next goal wins. Next goal wins. Even the gun. Or something came one up. Doesn't matter. And it was the 90 minute game. It went on for an hour. Just seven and a half hours. People going to be for the team coming back. Coming back. The game's still going on. But the thing is, I was in the wife's parents were from Jamaica, so we went out to build a house out in Jamaica. And I played football there with the locals, you know. But and some of the most skillful players I've ever seen in my life. But this shows you you don't need anything. Yeah. Because the ball gets burst all the time. So they get every patched up ball they can possibly get. One football boot each. That's so poor. They put one barefoot and one football boot. Yeah. Like this and they and you can't take the ball off them. They smoke too much weed to, to be brought back to me. But you could have a trial for anyone. They were wonderful individual players and they've all got that. They don't pass the ball. They just take the ball and run, 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 yeah. run, run, and up and down. Hills and things with it because the pitch is like a gully, not great on radio, but hill the, the pitch was like that, aye, aye. you know, just and, it, and the game was constant. They played from seven in the morning till seven at night, but again, maybe that's a I don't want to say a social aspect nowadays, mm. but it's a deprive, it's a hunger to Absolutely. be successful, Absolutely. and we don't have that anymore. Well, see, they've got that they're big on um Sky TV and seeing European games. Aye. So they get that in basketball, the two big things. So as a result, cricket's dying yep. in Jamaica, which was the main sport that's dying there because mm. all the kids are playing football and basketball to try and get off the island. Yeah. It's quite, it's, it, you know, it's, again, you go back to our football in 82, it had been the boys for the schemes. But it came from poverty, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. It came from, right through, right yeah. through from the 30s onwards it would have been boys cricket. As soon as they get anything, it was Charlie Nicholas said that as well, they didn't, have a, they didn't ever buy a football. No. They made their footballs. Yep. It was rags tied together and mm. things like that. So even when he was a kid. Aye. So that's what you're dealing with. And if you're the one that can, you're playing against boys that are all sorts of ages older than you, you've got all these strict rules, it's 20 aside and you can hold your own. Mm -hmm. Then that wee boy that's, you know, in Mary Hill or whatever, is is, is a real chance of making it. I, you know? I, I, so I, I remember talking about the footballs. I remember we had this, um, we used to call them Wembley Windblowers. Wembley, aye, aye. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an orange one and it, so it was a sort of plastic and it, it got burst. I've got, and I remember getting a poker in the house. And and you know, yeah, heating it up on the, yeah. the, the cooker and try to melt Fixing over. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that you couldn't just afford to go out and buy a new ball. No, no. And yet, now look how disposable it is. Of course, it is. Now you can get ball for a quid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but, but there's no kids playing football anymore. There's not huge groups of them doing it anymore. There's some of the best facilities around when it's got these all weather wee five aside pitches you see in every area has got them in the basketball course. A mugger, they're called, a multi use general yep. thing. Yep, yep. Unused. But, do you know, it's, you, you've actually brought me back to another point, as you said, when you're talking about the younger guys playing with the older guys as well. My mum and dad used to drink in a pub in uh, Reedvale Street called the Duggan Rabbit. Now, the Duggan Rabbit was full of the old boys who likes uh, the Calton Tongs years ago yeah. and everything else. And I used to deliver the papers in there. I was in a kid as well, right, for about 10-year-old. So was a, there was a place called the Skatey, we called it, mm. and we'd play football in there. Mm. So all the guys, and I'm talking about all the guys like... like 20s and everything else they would be coming out and playing football with us yeah. like 10 16 18 year olds all together yeah. you don't get that anymore no 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 you don't get that anymore you know mm. and it'd be like it's physical it's stuff it's like even Absolutely. though you're a wee boy <laughs> these guys are in giving you a bit of you know a bit of telling and things like that as well so you don't, we don't have that we don't have yeah, that yeah, so yeah. There, there has a I think there's a lot to be said you know for that environment that we grew up because I, th I grew up in I should say because 
we don't have... We've created, created a, players, a, 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 a create players, but it created a, a hardiness, a gallusness, if yeah, you like. Yeah, you know this. Yeah. You know, you still. If you listen to Kenny Douglas speaking, still to this day, Kenny Douglas is still the same wee guy that came from Apostle Park. Yeah. Mm. Even in the way that he speaks and his mannerisms as well, he's not changed. And you know, we don't have this swagger. We've created a a, a wrapped up society. I mean, even if you look at what, what Clyde Banks done, right? Take it to Clyde Bank. We've created that, if you like, an academy there yeah. with the pitch and we've got these young kids coming through, right? But how many of these wee kids are coming for the drum? How many of these wee mm. kids are coming from these other, you know, these these schemes where we can get kids involved? Because what happens is, is mum and dad end up bringing them up and dropping them off in their car yeah. and dropping them down. Me and my big brother had to walk for Deniston, right? To the Calton. No. Mm. And that was a back knees. I remember saying to John, John, right, John, I'll take your bag and your jacket and, and you sort out and I'll run up and get my dad, right? Because <laughs> there'd be a squad there waiting yeah. to fight. And yeah. that that's uh, and that sounds ridiculous, right? But that was part of growing up. Yeah. That's what makes you care. That's character Absolutely. building. I've just it's just sunk in what you said there. Aye. Uh, aye. Especially you left him to it. Aye, aye. Oh, aye, definitely. Aye. John, <laughs> yeah. John, John, he's like, I need bother, that's fine. Aye. Cool, right? No, I'm off. But that's character building. Kids don't have that anymore. And that sounds a ridiculous like definition, but we don't. We 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 they're they're um what's the word I'm looking for? Causative. I caused it. I wrapped up in cotton wool Aye. a little bit too much as well. Aye. And I think you, you find out, especially the picked up, dropped off bit as well. They don't have their life. They don't have a street life anymore. No. When kids were all we're all kind of feral at that point. You just gonna you you. you it, it, but I think society was completely different then. Mm -hmm. And I, now you're getting sedentary kids who are staying inside all the time. They're getting obese and they're not doing sports. I mean, this is a general. Of but even the ones that are in football are lifted and laid, are taken there, are given. I've always got a big thing about, you know, when young players are going to take water bottles with their names on it and the tracksuits mm. they've got, all that. Fuck all that. You know, I mean, one boot each and get out and play. Was, with a ball that you made yourself. <laughs> 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 Enough of this. Enough of this. Then we'll get back to the 82 World Cup. She's <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just what Coyle was just saying about the water bottle with your name on it. I goes in to see one of my customers and he. I took in some like um, pizzas and things like that and, and we sat down and I said to this wee guy who was apprentice, I said, do you want a cup of tea, son? And he went like that. And this is true, hand to God, he says to me, has the water been filtered? <laughs> <laughs> and I says to him, are you, are you taking the piss? I says, water been filtered? I says, I used to drink out of puddles when I was a wee guy. He says, turn that up. But that just yeah, goes yeah, to your absolutely. point about, has the water been filtered? Has the water been filtered? Kid, the world's changed. Ah, oh, the world's changed. Like we were left behind. And we have actually, <laughs> aye. But, we, but we had Danny McGrain. We had Danny McGrain. That's the difference. Danny McGrain, who have they got? Hard to, but he was hard as nails. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, but going back to Danny here, so we're saying Jock Steen's not looking to make changes from the experienced squad that we've sort of touched on that's got them to this point. Danny goes on to discuss another big game coming up for him at Cel a Celtic take on Italian champions Juventus at Parkhead. He's more confident after Celtic won the Feyenoord tournament in Rotterdam that July, having beat Feyenoord 2-1 and then Dukla Prague 2-1 as well. It's a great name. I was just, were you getting any of the games? Uh, I think I was at the game when they came back. I think I was at the Juventus game at that time, because I had them in about 82, 81, 82, it's probably 81. Is it 81? So, so that, this tournament yeah, itself, the this, this had four, four teams in it. Mm. Um, I don't du remember that tournament. Dukla Prague beat... Anderlecht 3-1 Celtic beat Feyenoord 2-1 It was essentially semi-finals The third place match Anderlecht and Feyenoord Drew one each 5-4 to Anderlecht on penalties Where was it in Holland? Uh, yeah, yeah It was Rotterdam 
Uh, so the final was Celtic Dukla Prague and Celtic beat them 2 1. Danny goes on to talk about the stupidity of fans at the previous Old Firm Cup final. That, I guess that's, that's, that's an ongoing final, thing, yeah, isn't yeah. It? He talks of John Gregg and their, their and other players' friendships. So this is just an echo of many stories we've heard about over the years where Celtic and Rangers players, it's for 90 minutes, it's, it's there, close. and as soon as they go away, they're best of friends and they get on with each other. I think that was even more correct then because they were Scotland players together as well. It's different with their foreign players now. They don't have the same connection Celtic Rangers mm. as they used to do at all. Yeah. They don't socialise as much as they used to. Look at the old firm games things that we play and things. It's the same thing. These guys were pals, were pals for years. They, they played, they, they grew up in the same boys team. Well, that's, that's exactly it. We spoke about it there. They, they would have played with each other. Absolutely. From all the streets Absolutely. And I think it's, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head with the, the foreign players coming in as well. They don't understand. So mm-hmm. there's none. And, and nowadays as well, what you heard me saying earlier on about when you played in the reserves, the older pro, the, the senior pros would be helping you in both sides. Yeah, yeah. See, nowadays, the pro is just one-minded, single-minded, and it's look after yourself. Absolutely. And that's in all what, you know, whether that, that's, that's... That's a training game out on a Monday morning. That's a reserve game if the, if the reserve is yep. still going. yeah. That's a way European fixture. That's that's a first team game against Stranraer. That's a, a Scottish Cup game. They're completely singular. I find yep. now. Yeah. Because they're professionals, obviously, but it's it's they've always that. been professionals. I get that, but it's and a team sport. Like, aye, but now they're like specialist tradesmen oh. almost. There's not they don't give a toss about it. No. Somebody hand them. No. It's it's they want that ball and that's it. Mm-hmm. As long as they look good, that's fine. And everything's a launching pad as well to go somewhere else. That's the problem with the foreign players, especially at the moment, I would say, in the Scottish game. Aye, again, it becomes greed, isn't it? It's greed. It's greed, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, you you, you want that kind of cohesion, if you like, the the, the, the the camaraderie, and that that's what goes. And I think the Scottish guys have that because they have a similar sense of humour. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. the banters, you know... And I think when a foreign player comes into that, then they, they it's like the Rangers, Dutch guys, they suddenly become more Scottish than the... You know, they really take it on. They take it on. Yeah, I mean, and the Celtic players, the flair players come in, add to that that sort of Scottish Glasgow mentality, and then the the, the, the play gets so much better when yep. you've got a Larson or, or a Loudrop. You know, that, yep. that's the difference. That's when it blended the best. I would say Aye. that era, sort of mid two thousands, was probably the best period for players, actually foreign players, blending into this yep. into this, this league. I would say if you're coming into it, you need to buy into it. Absolutely, you need to Absolutely. do that as well. But they they were all teammates in the Scotland team in nineteen eighty two time. Back to Danny McGrain. Back to Danny McGrain. So da- Danny, having beaten Fire, not uh, Ducal of Prague in this tournament, Danny believes Rangers have a good chance of also beating them because they face them in Europe. And John Gregg was over for the tournament to check them out. Now, interestingly, Danny talks of Scottish football needing a boost. Again, we're top of our World Cup qualifying group, only needing three points to qualify. Yeah. I'd take that needing a boost any any Absolutely. day of the year now. Uh, there's a, a, another article Swedes flatter to deceive so the talk in this article is of the Swedish authorities somehow managing to get games scheduled out of the season for the opponent for the opponent seasons I mean it seems a bit of sour grapes as Sweden had played themselves back into contention after a poor start of course the Scotland versus Sweden game had already been played by the point in this magazine the actually went out a comfortable 2-0 win goals by Joe Jordan and a late John Robertson Penalty in front of a massive eighty-one and a half thousand. This fans. was the one. It was Andy Gray went in for the penalty, right. and apparently after the game in an interview, he, Andy Gray he admitted that it was admitted he dived, right. and apparently Jock Steen was raging. Absolutely, 
And don't think you're smart enough to kid on a referee. Think, uh, and, and it's a disrespect to a fellow professional as well. And, and yeah. uh, Gray put that, didn't he? Him no being in the squad for the for the final. Yeah, yeah, of course. The, and it would have made a difference. I fell out of favour with Steen because he said that yeah. after the game. Stupid thing to do and stupid thing to say. But yeah. I mean, look at the group as well. It's not it's not exactly an easy oh, group. No. You know, I mean, this this and it's still looking for a lift. Yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's like. We would kill for this situation. Just would just, yeah. Do you know? I just remembered there as well, obviously, because that was a famous Northern Ireland team that went on. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Hamilton yeah. as well. And yeah. Jerry Armstrong was talking about this recently, actually, funny enough. Mm-hmm. And he said he wasn't meant to go, and he he wasn't meant to play in a certain position, I believe. Right. And he ended up. I think he ended up playing and scoring a few goals. Yeah, yeah, but he, 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 so he ended, that's what got him his move. Yeah, yeah. He was the Irish man of the tournament, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was, he was, he was the one name you remember, Aye. apart from the Martin O'Neill picture. That's right. You remember Armstrong? He was Armstrong. And, you know, Great. it's madness, isn't yeah. it? Johnny Robertson was another one as well. Another, Who was that, sort of sorry? John Robertson was oh. another wee fat winger that was just wonderful. Aye. Wonderful, wonderful player, but never, I mean, the Clough... And Clough talks about him as well. Ah. It's just some of the things he says about how fat he is. And, <laughs> but what a football. It's that wee bit before the European <laughs> Cup final when they're, they're talking about, about uh, the, the, the danger man and he, yeah, yeah. Clough's going, I've got a little fat yeah. man. He's going, <laughs> take him apart. Martin O'Neill don't say one where he says, um, you know, he says, doesn't matter what you do. He says, um, he says, didn't matter what anybody else done in the dressing room or whatever. He says, but he got away with murder. He says, John Robertson, right? he says, was, uh, he says, talk about Gaffer's boy. Uh, he says, oh, brilliant. He says, he just he'd smoked the dressing room and all that as well. I right? smoked in the dressing room. Unreal. But that was a team that won yeah. two European Cups. Yeah. 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 So, so a couple up, couple updates. So we talked about the Juventus game. Celtic went on to beat Juventus 1-0 with a Murdo McLeod goal, yeah. um, which they took to Turin and they drew 0-0. So they went through. Rangers were soundly beaten by Prague 3-0 or in Prague by Dukla Prague 3-0 before winning 2-1 at Ibrox. Jim Bett and John McDonald were the goals Jim there. Bett, not enough to see them through. Yeah. Two-footed as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So other, other games, international games that went on. Czechoslovakia beat Wales 2-0. Wales were on the group at the, at the top of the group at this stage but didn't qualify. Uh, the Netherlands and Republic Ireland drew two each. Norway, got beat, Norway beat England 2-1. The famous... Margaret Thatcher, oh, you yeah. boys took a hell yeah, of a beating. Hell of a beating yeah. So that that was that game. Uh, Northern Ireland qualified from our group, so we finished top. Northern Ireland finished Boy, second. Year that was. Uh, England went on to finish second behind Hungary, and Norway finished bottom. So wow, you know that that was, at least they got a good win out of the England game. The Republic narrowly missed out with, to Belgium and France. Mm-hmm. France going through with a better goal difference. Right. I mean that's that's a mur- that's murder doing it that way, isn't I it? Mean, Platini's era, is that right? Yeah. Aye. Aye, he'd have been in there. That dude just. Tagana. He was a wee uh, film manager. Yeah. yeah that's right, yeah. Aye. And Battistone, was he still in there as well? Aye. Got taken out by Schumacher. Aye, aye. Yeah. Was that 82 World Cup? Wasn't it? That was 82. Yeah. And then the they worst won tackle. Oh, oh geez. They won European Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, still, I still get angry when I think of that. The Schumacher challenge. Shocking. Oh. Wasn't even booked, though. No, no, wasn't he? It wasn't even a free kick. It was like a goal kick. Uh, was that the goalkeeper? Aye. 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 I, I can vaguely remember that. I can remember. Do you know, funny enough, when you were saying that as well, that was the other one. Whoever went in goals, they were always Schumacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying that. He was, he, was, he, was, he was like the bogeyman. <laughs> Schumacher, aye. Yeah. So, if we turn to page eight and nine, can, can, can I just uh, can I just jump in here? So, uh, Alan, I said in your introduction, you're the, you're the scorer of one of Clyman's greatest ever goals. Yep. So, the goal I'm talking about is the one against Lockie United. Scottish Cup, Aye. 2008. 
We beat Le- Claybank beat Lockheed United three two at Glenhead Park, and Aye. you scored the winner. A screamer for about what twenty five yards. Ah, it was. Uh, ah, it was a good goal. Good goal. I, lo- I loved it. Um, I, 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 I mean, you maybe don't. The fans still talk about I, it. The fans I, I, see it as. Uh, funny enough, my son always talks about it, right? And he laughs and gives me pelters for it as well. But um, to be fair, Clyde Bank was absolute dream for me to play for. And you know, as much as I, I kind of Budgie was brilliant with me at the start, and we Jimmy McQuaid at the start because when I first came, I was injured and I just couldn't get over it. And then the next year was, I think it was two thousand and eight. Right? Would that be right? Two thousand eight. Yeah. And uh, I had a really, really good season. And I think, to be fair, there was a lot of good goals I, I scored that year, actually, which was really good. But that one, I was was special because the game and, it and what United. it was, we it was lucky. Really and we weren't expected to beat them, Aye. you know. And um, and it was in the dying minutes as well, Aye. do you know what I mean? So the place just Aye. erupted. I, I remember uh, two Lockheed United, as, as the ground was empty, and there was two Lockheed United fans sitting, and one of them was sitting in the terrace, head in his hands, and the other guy had said to him, at least we were beaten by a wonder goal, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was. Um, listen, I'm probably one of these wee guys that just love football, and that's probably been my uh, to my detriment in terms of I loved football. I didn't have that hunger. I was quite a laid back person. Mm. I was quite, I was probably a laid back person where I was more. Um, Interested in the the camaraderie and the banter and everything else as well, and and I was you know I was a focused person, right. but did you have that kind of when they say killer's instinct or anything like that? You know what I mean? But I was just happy if I went and scored that wonder goal and we got beat at one point. In my earlier days, I'd be like, that's all right, that's, uh, that's pretty good. That, but when you get older, you, you begin to realise that. So scoring that goal at that point and winning that game was huge, huge. Mm. And I think Clyde Bank does that to you because it's quite an infectious club. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants to get involved and everybody knew everybody and there's there's a sense of there's a sense of community in it. Yeah. You know, and it's like a good feel about it and, and it was brilliant. So that was a good time. It was a it was a crank goal I enjoyed. Yeah, it. Yeah. it was really good. It was brilliant. Um So you enjoyed your time at the Bankies? Oh, loved it. On the whole. Loved it, I as, as I said, I would go back in a, a heartbeat, as you know. I applied for the manager's, the manager's job, job after a budget left as well, and um, one of the I think well they asked my question about do I have any my my badges, and at that point I'm I'm going to be blatantly honest with you I started laughing I says no I says because I don't believe them I says I don't why should I why should I take badges and uh, qualifications for something that I don't actually believe, believe in, in. Yeah. I says because well, that's you've been no, doing the job for so uh, long uh, yeah. You know, it's a, it's football. Yeah. At the end of the day, right? You, you know, and, and and it's as I go back to saying before, it's you're going to coach these guys. You can't coach these guys to be any better players than what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you're going to do is you're going to give them the belief. It's belief that they need, yeah. and you're understanding them, make them, you know, and set them up right. Yeah. That's it. But yeah, you can't be boys to be coached. No, they can't coach they're, them. They're, they're the finished article. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've got their ability. That's it. Mm. And, and you know at that point it becomes as I say to you it's, it's mental strength but it's not so much mental strength it's about giving people belief so we, we touched on Rossville I went to Rossville and I think they were sitting down at the bottom of the table and you know my first game in charge was against Wishaw and every single game that I played I would go in the 11 and tell them and the thing that I used to hate and this, this is a bone of contention of mine right and, I, I, and it still to this day goes on Managers set up their teams to be prepared what the other team's going to do. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sitting Reaction. there going, why, why am I worried about you the other team? This is what we're going to do. Here's, here's, your, here's what we're going to do. Let them worry about us. Yeah. Let them worry about us. I'm not interested in them. If you do this, and if you do that, then we'll be fine. And if you make a mistake, work your socks off to go and get yeah. it back. Go and get it. Go and make that appetite, you know, because that's what it is. Worrying about, you know, Mourinho, right, hands up. Guy's phenomenal, right? But in a sense, in my opinion, he's killed football. Mm-hmm. Park the bus mentality, tactics, stuff, nails. But going back to this, the, the, uh, you know, it's 11 v 11, yeah. right? It's a round ball, still the same round ball. It's still two goals at one end as well, right? So as long as you are better than the other team, you win the game. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to have that mentality. But if you go in, if you've been taught all week basically to say, right, right, by the way, this guy you're playing against, he's this, he's that. Before you know it, the player that you're actually turning to, you've actually basically got it. You've got him thinking. He's won, he's won the fucking. He's lost, the, yeah, he's lost I, the battle. I, totally. I, I, yeah. I've got this guy here, but as a few that, by the way, going back to my story about Tam Burns when I played against Monday against Bexy, mm. Bexy was getting Liverpool, Blackburn, and everything else. Go and game what on the heat, son. That's <laughs> just so good, isn't it? That's just that, that's, that is the barometer for all coaching from now on. It. Go and game what on the heat. Go and game what on the heat. It's true, honestly. And I, I remember again going back to George McCluskey, mm. we're going up to Aberdeen. And he, I like talking and was all out with his boards and all this and I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And uh, Alec was late getting up to Aberdeen this night and Toby took the team and he went, I swear this is what he says. He took the board, right? And he just launched it right into the shower room. And he says, see that? Get that, teeth. Mm. He says, go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Go out and play. Express yourselves. Right? Yeah. And we absolutely destroyed Aberdeen that night. Yeah. Because there's no this regimental. Everybody that, that plays, as I said, at a level are playing at that level for a reason because mm-hmm. they they have that ability to sustain it at that yeah. level, right? After that point, it's about confidence. It's about installing people's belief. Belief, you know what I mean? If you keep telling somebody they're poor, right, they'll start believing they're poor. Mm-hmm. But if you tell somebody that they're good and tell them what they're good at, yeah. right, then they'll go and flourish. Mm-hmm. They'll go and flourish. It's only common knowledge. Yeah. You know, and especially nowadays as we go back to the cotton wool factory, you know, like where everybody likes to be Absolutely. a cuddle. Yeah. Nobody likes rejection. So the bankies, uh, uh, to me, that's what the, that's what they need. It's no, and, and especially nowadays because there's a lot of players nowadays that, in my opinion, think they are Billy Big Time, but yeah. you need to kind of manage that. But at the same time, you can't tell these players that they're not good anymore because... Yeah. They go in a half or the whatever, yeah. so it's a it's a it's a man management thing nowadays. Yeah. So, so apparently that's what uh, Shankly used to do before he, to send his Liverpool team out. He wouldn't say much about the typical Man United. They've only got one player best. Yeah. You can go and beat them, and then they beat them, and they come in and go, "You've just beaten the greatest yeah. team in the lands, <laughs> yeah. best Lord of Charm. What great players have you beat them?" Listen, that, that's that's it's frightening. That's, but that's what that's it is. Exactly that's exactly what it is, yeah, Tom. Yeah. You know, you're right. And then going back to the Wishaw game, we won one. Wishaw were at the top of the league, we were at the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. We won that game one 0 No, the only thing I done different was was basically install a belief into the players and tell them how good they are. There's a wee guy that played for me. Uh, Rossfield was a boy called Scott Jarvie. We Scott Jarvie was a terrific player and I actually told Budgie about him mm-hmm. when he was at Clyde Bank I says by the way this wee boy's a decent player but you need to get in his head right. you need to get in his head and keep installing him because that boy just needed a cuddle mm-hmm. right the boy ended up signing with the Benz and he's not done anything right. else since you know and again it's just down to personality it goes back to as you said when somebody leaves mm-hmm. 
it changes the whole thing. Changes. Because different managers, different ethoses yeah. and so on and so forth. So it's a... It's like a period of mourning at a club. It's a strange, strange thing. Goes right through, goes right through from the office, from the guy at the front door, right bleeds right through the whole club. Yep. To the boot room, to Aye. beyond. And because not just the fact that the, the, the coaching staff all then tend to go as well. But the whole club changes. The yep. whole thing changes completely. And somebody comes in and then suddenly they're repainting the walls. Aye. Or I want these pictures taken down. And I want this. And these are motivational words. Go, oh, yeah. fuck off. Aye, exactly. Say, uh, but the fans are going, what's going on? Why is half the first team left? Why is the youth system gone? Yep, yep. This is the reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just because of that change. Because, and a lot of it is the board. We, we can't go up. No. No matter how well we're doing, if we go up, this will destroy the club. It's exactly what exactly we were saying earlier on. Exactly. exactly. So, so it's, 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 that's what fans have to realise as well. But I think that's the beauty of uh, Clyde Bank, Tom, though, is is the fact that it's, it is a community a club, club. Yeah. and it is a fans yeah. club. And it's and that's what I said to, you know, the, the committee when I was uh, being interviewed. Listen, what you've got to get the players to realise is it's not about them. And it's no, it's not about them, right? It's not about the players. It's about the supporters mm. at Clyde Bank in particular because the these guys are the us. ones that have saved the club. Absolutely. Aye, right? absolutely. And, you know, going back, and that was a thing that was installed, going back to Tommy Burns again. Any ball, any strip, any photograph or autograph or any supporter asked you a question or asked you to do something, Tommy Burns made you do it. He says, you do that because, you know what? These people are paying your wages. It takes you nothing, no time at all to spend with that person. Yeah. And again, it's manners. But it's the same with the people at Clyde Bank. Now, whether they, whether these players realise that or not, but it's such a community-based mm. club that all these people, you know, gear up their Saturdays, gear up their week, yeah. their, their, own, their own time. That's invaluable, you know? So they've got to appreciate it and the supporters have got to, the, the players have got to appreciate yeah. it. So... I think what you've done. Yeah, that's something that's missing as well from football generally. When you look at, say, that old expression about they pay your wages. If you play for Chelsea and you've got headphones when you come off a bus and you won't shake hands and you won't sign an autograph for a wee kid, because those kids aren't paying your wages, it's television money that's paying it. Yep. And you're a foreign international anyway, so you're there for a year mm -hmm. before you can mm -hmm. move to Man United or move to PSG. It's the, what am I getting out of it? Exactly. It's a that's complete true. disassociation now between professional sportsmen and the, the kids that they can inspire. That kid that gets your autograph and puts your picture on his wall and then does a, two, 2,000 keepy upsies mm. and just hammers the ball against the wall, playing his own plays and dreaming of being that guy is the next striker. You, I think you're bang on there, but there's got to be a, a bit of um, morals, values as an individual. And I was watching the Billy Conley thing last night yeah, in Scotland again, well, yeah. right? And did you hear him talking about there's an adulation for somebody mm -hmm. to come up and say, can I get my picture yeah, with yeah. you? How good a feeling is that? Can I get more autograph? And he thinks well, the world is dead friendly because that's his reaction. That, yeah, yeah, because that's, that's what, that, that's but that's what people should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, Absolutely. because, and no coming in here with earphones or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. what does that take? As, as we all sit in here, but it costs absolutely nothing. Absolutely, to, what, what it does is it, it means everything to those individuals. Totally, you know, and, so and, and the ones where, well. where I don't know many times on Twitter and, and even in real life, mm -hmm. somebody says, "Oh, I met him once, and he was an arsehole Yeah, exactly. Just takes bored me or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he probably it's, isn't, it's, but it's, his whole... interaction people remember for the rest of their... Well, Samuel L. Jackson is an awesome. Refuse to shake my hand. Who was that? Right. Samuel L. Jackson, wank. Anyway, <laughs> is that what it's based on? He's a fucking wank. But as you're saying there, right? But, but that, that, that puts me off for life. I was the biggest fan in the world. Puts me off for life. Correct. Yeah. You get yeah. one chance. Absolutely. Right? He had one chance. Samuel, you get one chance with me, Jackson. 
That's it. Yeah. But Josh and I were in Portugal with the family in uh, 2005. Man United over at a training ground, and this uh, guy managed to get to the training ground to watch them. And Alec Ferguson, brilliant photograph to Josh. Do you remember Josh when he was at, going to the Clyde Bank games? Pure blonde hair, and he did be banky strip on and that kind of stuff. So he'd like platinum blonde right yeah. and he was like remember Alan Smith signed with Man United yeah, yeah, yeah. and he had the blo bleached blonde yeah. hair so they were all like ah it's Alan Smith's boy <laughs> so the photographs with him but Fergie was brilliant he, Ronaldo he'd be smuggled out obviously um, Darren Fletcher brilliant picked him up as well he'd actually hold him on to him in the car like that picked him up brilliant. Wayne Rooney though now Wayne Rooney at that point was just a young boy mm -hmm. he just basically strudged off now at that point exactly what you said about Samuel L. Jackson I thought Dick. what a prick yeah 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 that costs nothing. My wee boy's there. Yeah. He's four year old, absolutely in awe. Yeah. I seen Wayne Rooney, yeah. and he just ignores him. Yeah. Now it takes two minutes out of his life, right? It's no, we're exactly, not taking yeah. money off him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not taking money off him. We're not going to kill him. Yeah. All we're asking is for a photograph, yeah. which for that moment, he would have just adulation. Yeah, and you know what? See nowadays, so now he's back at Derby. He'd probably do it. He'd probably do it now because because he's, he's learned. And Don't it, be a dick. dick. He's been, he's been, a, and he's been in the flip side of the papers every single time. But then again, it just—it's the mark of the man, isn't it? Ah. Do you know right? So going back because it's what we're here for is going <laughs> back to the yesteryear, right? I remember this sounds ridiculous, right? It was a uh, Manal's kebab shop in Duke Street was getting opened, right. and who was opening it? Robert Pitts and Tommy Burns. Right, okay. And oh, as his kids were all running up to, didn't even like kebabs because I'd be back in the days, people like <laughs> yeah, kebab, yeah, yeah. It's a kebab, no touch on that, no chance, right? Horse meat. That's that. This is taboo. No touching this, right? But um, we all goes up, and here's just to see. Right. Tommy Burns and Robert Pritz. Yeah, they're great players. Right? And that yeah, yeah. we Pritz, he was brilliant, right? Yeah. So he, he played till he was 60 or we, we I remember him playing with Pollock as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd be going to, like Jim Bett, he'd be going to put a corner kick in with his yeah. right foot and then go and do it with his left foot. Aye. Exact same quality. Yeah. Unreal. But no, I think uh, when it comes to supporters and, and players nowadays, players have got too much of a say mm. and they've got to realise that actually that, that the purpose of the job is to to entertain and to basically give supporters something that they want to go back to. Like you said, actually, the product, going back to the Hamden yeah. days, yeah. give us something that we want to go and see. Then you then then, yeah. then you get the Hamden roar back, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, whether that's passion, you should get me back to the Clyde Bank thing as well, right? But but if you think about, you know, here's a wee thing for you, right? Now, I might be talking a lot of nonsense, right? But here's a wee thing for you. We'll edit it, don't worry. Sound, aye, aye, aye. You sound great. <laughs> you watch, you watch, you watch the teams nowadays, right? Yeah. And the ones that sit off, and then watch the team that actually goes and yeah. takes ascendancy. Goes, goes, goes and asks the team the question, right? Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, see the team that goes and has a go, they'll go and win. Yeah, right. and that's especially right. true in cup games. That's why, because they have a go. Because right. they're not, they're not doing a big preparation in fear. They're having their chance. And here's here's one for you, mind, right? Celtic go and play Barcelona, mm -hmm. and Brendan Rodgers decides to, you know. Part the bus, mm. and they get absolutely oh, battered. Yeah. Seven one, yeah, yeah. right. What did they do at Parkhead? They take the game to them, mm -hmm. and it was a totally different story. They do the exact same at uh, Man City. They get an absolute hammer, yeah. and then at Parkhead, the the, the Etihad, mm -hmm. they go and it's three absolutely. three. They go and ask a question. So go and ask a question because teams don't like to defend. Yeah, and don't it's easier to go that it. way than it yeah, is that yeah, way. Yeah. Uh -huh. But we've, we've we've set up this negative mentality mm -hmm. where. Oh, right, well, we can't do that. But again, you, 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 you absolutely hit the nail on the head when you said about Mourinho as well. Because Mourinho never played the game. No. 
So he's got it from a book. He's he's made up a book from training sessions from being Bobby Robson's translator onwards. That's fine. That's fair enough. But that, and that's what's happened is they've come up with like it's American football. They have these play Please. systems. But it's but there's also the other book is on the 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 strengths and weaknesses of every other man in their team. So what you do is you're actually preparing to lose. Lose. Because you've done so much preparation, you fill yeah. your winger and your defenders and your centre half. You fill your, your, your central defenders with this, the strengths of these guys. You, you put your strikers about the strength of their central defenders. They're never going to win a fucking header. No. Because you've done so much preparation, you've instilled a massive fear. You've, par you've paralysed the weak. So my son, Josh, he, as you know, he plays football as well. And uh, he was at Celtic. And Celtic were playing, you know, every other week when they were playing any other team. Any other team, and this is true, and I don't mind this, uh, as I said, any other team they'd play, they'd go and hammer them, right? See when it came to go and play Rangers, mm -hmm. see for the full fortnight prior to that game, it was set up, and the set up was how not to get beat. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going like that. Right, that's, that's not right. And I used to come in the car and I'm like, that's a piece of nonsense, mm -hmm. that set up how not to get beat. How are these boys going to develop? Yeah. Because at that, even at that level, it's not meant to be about the results. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly, it's a fear of defeats. But at that point as well, all these kids are they going to go and play for the first team. Yeah. So it's about developing the individual. Absolutely. So, setting them up as a team, not to get beat, isn't they going to develop those kids as individuals? So that's where I think there's a whole load of areas where Scotland need to, to, to redo things, and that's mm. clubs in general. Because we, have, we do have this negative mentality where... You know, it's like, oh, no, we're not good enough. And um, Strachan coming away with it, it's genetics. Genetics, mm. right. yeah. genetics. Yeah, yeah. wasn't the genetics in 82? It wasn't genetics with him. No. Exactly, I know. Mexico 86 when he scored that wonder goal against West Germany. And he can't even get the... Can't he can't even get the... Can't get the... But that again, this is also now being magnified by the academy system. What's this? Where these kids have been treated like they're playing for the first team and the results are almost at the first team the results are published this was boys club football before it didn't matter if Celtic got pumped 7-1 by Clyde Bank at the time because Clyde Bank youth teams were brilliant I used to say I, see when I sorry <laughs> is your, when I was at Rossville right mm. this is true and I said that to Josh I says it's a glorified boys club you're playing for mm. right get your head doing it and I was in them I can't remember the players name right but I'm sat, when I first went in, I brought them all in individually and right, tell me a wee bit about you, tell me where you've been, what position you are, what's your favourite position and so on and so forth. And this boy sits down, now he must have been about 20, 23, right? And I kid you not, he says, I played uh, pro here and I played pro there and, and here. And I must have been about seven or eight teams, right? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going like that. It's not a lot of pro. What age? What age are you? Mm. And he's like, I was about 22, 23. How have you played with all the teams? I well, pro youth. And I'm like, no, 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 you're a glorified boys club player. <laughs> I say it's pro youth. And this is what, again, we create this environment where these kids' heads get filled up broken bottles and battered yeah. shite, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's not right, you know. So we need to get this, we need to get it right. Another thing is what the academy's done is, I was on the phone to Andy Mullen a couple of weeks ago there. Now, Andy's a great guy, proper old school Footballer, he's doing it, Kelly Renew, and me and him are having the same chat for the for a full hour, right? And Andy hit the nail on the head and he says, Son, many was on the ground staff when you were there. Yeah. And I was like, four or five. Mm. Exactly. He says, Nowadays, you've got an under 18 team, you've got a reserve yeah, team, yeah. you've got this and everything else. He says, There's too many. So it's a quantity rather than quality. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it ends up becoming short filling societies. So the academy's probably created that environment where we're actually not getting the quality. It's more about quantity 
and it's like you know how many can can we get in the door and, and hopefully let's 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 pray yeah, that one, one of them turns out a good one, one of them ah, exactly right. I mean, that that becomes that sort of law of diminishing averages because it's one player they're expecting because, to be in the squad not even to be your number six no it's no. one player it's and then because you just buy in so but, it's but, all, but, but you're churning out also you mean you're getting was it four hundred and thirty odd players are released in Scotland every year at the end of every season yep pros yep. How many then, if you include the pro youth guys, that are never they're never going to get in these teams? They're not going to be playing for breaking. They're not going to get a game at East Fife. They're lost to the game. You're Simon. talking about fifteen hundred people maybe a year who could have been professional footballers are lost to the game. Simon, I remember uh, Josh was six year old, and we were doing it Barrafield, and uh, this is when it was just really starting to kick in. And he gets invited along. You got this 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 game, and they had another seven kids, right? And um, it turns up, and uh, we Jack Aitchison, who's now doing it for us, Green, he was playing as well, Danny Church, Stephen Welsh as well, and there was a few of them there. And I remember standing, watching it, and Josh turned up, and this dad comes up to me and he says, Better not get beat. This wee team's never been beat before, and everything else. So if we get beat today, your boys, I'm like, I need bother. Whatever, hi, fine. Um, so, lo and behold, Josh goes on and he scores three goals or whatever it was, right? But the point I'm going to make here is this fella comes up to me and he's chatting and we're never like, do you honestly think your boy's going to play for Celtic? Mm. He's like, aye. I says, see you out there. I says, and including mine, because as you said earlier on with the numbers, some of them will be lucky if they play junior football. Yeah, yeah, and some of them will be lucky if they're good enough to play junior yeah, football. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the reality and that's why you need to keep them grounded. Mm, yeah. That is, as much as you've got to have this positive attitude and everything else, but some of them go over the top bit. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know what I mean. There's got to be a bit of realism there as well. Uh, there must be a kind of like junior football becomes a sort of field of broken dreams, but it's guys that thought they were going to make it at Celtic and find out that they're at Carluke. Or how do you lift guys like that when you find that their heads maybe in the past that they were meant to be yeah. a pro, they, but they, here they are. They're the guys that are the proper footballers, though. They're well, the ones that can do it because not everyone can play. Junior yeah, yeah. hard. Simon, if I'm going to be, this sounds ridiculous. What I'm going to say, right? But I, I am. Um... I, I chose to go junior uh, when I left Stranra. I remember Campbell Money saying to me, look, son, we're going to the second division. Mm. I'll give you another contract and he bother. I love you, you're good about the dressing room and everything else. He says, but we're going to the second division here. And he says, it's just going to be a battle. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, that's not for me. He says, you're driving. And bear in mind, you're driving yeah. the length and breadth of yeah, Scotland. Right. And you're playing part-time and everything yeah, else. Yeah. And mm. it's not the greatest of pitches. But at that time, and I'm going to be honest with you, Junior football was getting paid. I was I was making more money. This sounds ridiculous. I'm selfish, but I was making more money playing junior football than I was playing senior. Right, right. Signing on for you as long. Aye. Right? And then secondly, secondly, the players that were in my team were better than okay, some of the players. Absolutely. We, I reckon we could have competed with the second and maybe even not the full time players, mm. but the first division. I remember at Shettleson, we had a right good team at Shettleson, and the Stranra came and played us, funny enough, mm. and we beat them 5-2, and they did their first team out and everything else, mm. right? And we yeah. absolutely beat them 5-2. I actually was saying to me, John Dixon, I says, Dixie, and he's like, what is it? I says, I'm going to tie my good leg up, right, <laughs> to give him a chance, right, and everything else. And he's like, he's starting to laugh and everything else, and a few of them, because they were getting ratty. Yeah, yeah. But we had a lot of ex-senior players playing for us, mm -hmm. and it was a really, really good standard. Yeah, yeah. So... It was a good standard there, but again, I do blame the academy system for the way it's going nowadays because we're getting players who believe that they're a lot better than what they actually are 
and they're not, and they need to realise that, you know, the academy, because we've had this quantity rather than the quality of players that we've had, it's 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 di- diluting. It's and the, diluting. And the coaching hasn't been as good as when you were growing up. Um, They've been overcoached almost that way. Overcoached is a, a overcoached is so a. There's not the flair. No, no. I, totally I think it's missing from the game I, all the way I, through. I, I totally agree. I think. Um, I think things are getting overcoached now as well. I think uh, I remember reading an article in four four two, and it was Arsene Wenger. Now, tell you what, the Arsenal fans have reaped what they sowed. They've reaped what they sowed. They can go and moan nothing else, but that guy. It's phenomenal. You can't stay at Arsenal for over 20 years mm-hmm. and be successful. Well, it's like a the unbeaten season in the Premier League. Right. Unheard of. And it's the same with Man United. You know, okay, Fergie wasn't he? The, the, the Man United fans didn't want it. But look at what that oh, guy's achieved, right? Absolutely. It's phenomenal, right? But Wenger said, he says, create building a player, not a team. Building a player is like building a house. He says, and you've got to get the foundations right. He says, and the foundations is all technique. Right, and I'm like brilliant. He says so. For about four year old to about fourteen year old, right? You can teach a kid and drill that technique, 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 all day long. As soon as they leave fourteen, that's it, because you can't change it. It's like a golfer tries. If you, I don't know if any of you play golf, but if somebody go and get a golf lesson, you're used to your golf swing. And then all of a sudden, you go and see a pro and he says, "All right, try this, try that." You're like you're in all shapes and sizes, and yeah. try to change it. It ends up screwing your game. Mm-hmm. So because you get to 14, it's very difficult because you, you get that way. learn it, yeah. And he talks about Terry Henry. He says, do you think Terry Henry was that fast when he was a kid? No, he says, because at Terry Henry at Monaco, we worked him and worked him and worked him and got him that technique. That's where it comes from. He says, and then after you get the technique side at 14, he says, you've got the bottom part of the house, which is the strength mm-hmm. to hold up the rest of the house. He says, so we start getting the physical aspect, don't you? getting them into the gym and getting working on them and doing that as well. He says, and then when you put the top half onto that, he says, the top half of that, he says, is then, you know, coming about 18 to 20. At this point is when you how you teach them how to play the game mm-hmm. in terms of where to be, where not to be, offensively, defensively, stuff like that, you know, how tactically, how to set them up. He says, and then the last important thing, he says, the roof. He says, because the roof's going on, he says, and that's the difference, he says, between telling somebody, he says, right, okay, then you've got a game tomorrow. Right, or you've got a game in 48 hours, you don't go out, this is what you eat, this is what you do. He says, so it's having the sensible and the mentality at that point. He says, and that's how building a player is like building a house. Mm. And it's something that's always stuck with me. And I thought, that makes perfectly good sense. Such sense. What the guy said. And, you know, we're missing a trick because there's a guy, I'm going to mention this guy actually, Martin Miller, who used to be at Celtic's Junior Academy. And I kid you not, this guy was phenomenal. You talk about inspiring kids. This guy was just unreal. I, there was about 50, 60 kids, right? The under, under sevens up to about under 12s, I think it was, or under 11s. I, there was four, three or four age groups. And I kid you not, a guy would go like, five, four, three, two, and they're all doing. Mm-hmm. Sat and listened to this guy, right? And all he did was technique, technique, drills, touch, 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 touch. So as soon as the kids left the junior academy, they go to what's called the intermediate academy. Now that's under 13. Do you know the whole thing changes? Mm. The whole thing, the whole ethos changes yeah. from technique, right, this is how we're setting up. Goes to, as I said, four four two or a four three three. do this and do that. Right, you go there, you go there. Nothing, nothing about technical. Not about technical. 
passing the ball, stopping the ball, movement, dribbling, shooting, nothing. It was more to do with how to set up, how to set up, how to set up. It's a factory machine, isn't it? Again, it's that's like having a new manager. Same sort of thing, isn't it? They're, they're so used to this, they're already, they're ripe for it. Yep. And yep. it's, it's all taken away from mm -hmm. them. That's when you lose people. Of course it is, of course it is. However, and this is where I'm a bit long-winded, but going back to the Clyde Bank stuff, if you look at Clyde Bank now, to be fair to the guys, they're actually getting the youngsters coming through. Yeah. That I've seen on Twitter and I've seen... In, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is a pathway, which is good. Now, these kids have came through that environment. Now, they might they might not be good enough, mm. but at least they're getting the opportunity... And they're getting a shot. Yeah. ...to do it. And that's exactly what it is. So I think Clyde Bank are doing a, a, a good job of that, to be fair, and trying to produce these youngsters. And you know, That's, that's your future. You know, it's got to be. When you've started a club again, that, that's what you do. It's got to be. You have to bring up your own players. Right, I'm going I'm going to pull us back into the magazine for a right, while. Go for oh, it. Aye, go for it. Aye, aye. What are we here for? So we're at pages eight and nine here. Uh, there's It's a bunch of short, short articles, short stories. There's uh, one on Paul Elliott, who's at Charlton Athletic. And Paul was referred to as the boy who never really thought he would make a footballer. And he's set to play for the England youth team next year. So at this point, he's 17 years old while playing for Charlton. And it says that he didn't fancy himself as a footballer. Charlton moved him from the right wing to centre-half and he's never looked back. What a I mean, player he was. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right, so I'm just to clarify, because I read this, right? Is that Paul Elliott plays yeah, the Celtic? Yeah, yeah. Diving head and yeah, yeah. off the ground about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the best tackle I've ever seen. The, the, the yeah, League yeah. Cup semi-final, the best tackle I've ever seen as well. Yeah. But I mean, it's fascinating player. that, that just somebody that noticing, yeah. you're not a left winger, mate, I'm going to put you in defence. Just in doing absolutely. that can change the entire career of somebody. It's incredible. The thing I remember about Paul Elliott... It was the old uh, C.R. Smith strip, yeah. wasn't it? And uh, it was, uh, obviously his hair was curly, yeah. uh, curly hair, but he was massive thighs, yeah. massive thighs yeah. in his Huge shape. legs. Aye. He would Aye. tackle you from behind, you wouldn't be able to get with it now, from behind, slide tackle you, and his leg would come round, round take the ball through right. your leg, Aye. and he'd be back up. Back up. Yeah. Never seen it like it. I think it was, was it from, uh, Celtic got him from Italy, was I it? I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Pisa? Yeah, yeah. 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 Was that right, eh? Yeah, yeah. And I, th I think that was probably the making of him going over to Italy. Oh, absolutely. You know, he learned so absolutely. much then. He always just seemed a very, you know, clever, yeah. intelligent defender as well. It's, it's, it didn't really fulfill. I mean, I, 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 as I said, I very, very remember him, and, and I remember him more for Celtic. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't do any more with England, did he? Was he not got a serious injury? It was Chris Kamara or something, was it not? Aye, I, I think so. Terrible, aye, it was a terrible tackle. Yeah, yeah I think it was a good court, actually. Was it Villa was it or something? Right? Was it? Aye, was it Chelsea? I'm just looking him up just now. And it was, was it Villa? It was a, it was a career ending tackle. I mean, I'm sure it made court. I'm sure it went to court. That's fascinating because uh, there was somebody else that was involved in that challenge with Chris Kamara. Frank McAvenny. Was it Frank McAvenny? Yeah. Oh, is that right, aye? Aye. So, aye, so he was signed. Uh, from Pisa and then he, yeah. he was at Villa mm -hmm. Charlton, Luton, Villa, Pisa Celtic and then he went on to Chelsea was Chelsea where he was injured Chelsea. was it? Uh, aye it wasn't, it, wasn't Chris it wasn't Chris Kamara it was Dean Saunders Dean Saunders sorry Chris but it was uh, Frank McAvenny yeah, involved in a legal challenge yeah, with Chris yeah. Kamara so, so moving on Mackay Rod of Steel so this is about Dundee manager Donald Mackay and he's came in and issued a set of club rules known as the Six Deadly Sins. This is what we were talking about earlier on. Isn't so, <laughs> so I love this. Number one, no player may own a motorbike. Yep. So not, not even go on a motorbike. You're not allowed to own one. No player should go ice skating. Ice skating is obviously a big thing in Dundee. No discos three days before a game. No golf three games before a game. 
No socialising at all two days before a game. No, no retaliation, dirty play or dissent. The pl- and he's quoted as saying, the players know how far they can go. They're not very far based right. on these rules. How long did he last as manager? <laughs> I, I, I don't think too long. So there's uh, another one, Bobby Murdoch, is another article on him here. It says, it was robbery. Um, Middlesbrough reckon they were robbed when a football league tribunal set the price of Mark Proctor to Nottingham Forest at 425000 Murdoch reckons Proctor was better than Craig Johnson, who they sold to Liverpool for 650000 Forrest are set to pay an extra 75000 if Proctor wins three full England caps. As it turns out, he didn't get any England caps, so no more money. He played six games for St Johnston in 1995-96, uh, and he was also the caretaker manager for Hibs for a period in 2006 before managing Livingston between 2007 and 2008. Do you know what? I, I yeah, don't yeah, actually yeah. remember. I remember him yeah. as a manager, as you're yeah, saying. I, do remember, I don't remember as a player at player. all. No. It's interesting there, to be fair, you know, and I was just about to say that, because Craig Johnson came on and went to Liverpool and Craig Johnson was a decent player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, was, as we spoke about, the Predator was a big thing as well. Yeah. Was he not Australian, Craig Johnson? Well, yeah, it, 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 it was, was because that, it was something to do with surfboards, wasn't it? It was, it was something to do with that. Shark or shark? I can't, I can't remember, but I remember actually seeing the, 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 um, the documentary and I'm actually with a wee grinder. Yeah, yeah. Moulding into the rubber and everything else as well, so. Yeah. It's taking it, it really far. Ah, it's taking it. Honestly, the predators. Ah, the predators. I really. Paint coming off him. <laughs> he also invented a mini bar system. Right. That would automatically charge you when you took a, oh, a drink at the, brilliant. At the mini bar. Was that, so that was the arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, 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 he chucked it at 27 to go yeah. and look after his sister. And he moved back to look after his uh, sister. And soonest wanted him back at, um, at Liverpool. He did, that's right. He asked him to come in and come in and train with Liverpool. Right. At 92, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think he was only, would be only about 30 or something like that, yeah, but I don't yeah, think yeah. he wasn't he quite up totally. to it, kind of thing at that time. Wow. So there's a lovely wee, lovely wee story here, and it says, Pelly's long memory. So it says, Pelly doesn't forget a face. In New York at a party for the cast of Escape to Victory, when he bumped into an old rival, no, none other than Celtic's John Clark. Celtic were staying at, staying at the same hotel while taking part in the transatlantic tournament. So there's Celtic involved in another tournament. Mm-hmm. Pele said, Glasgow, number six, in reference to the Scotland versus Brazil yeah. friendly in Glasgow in 1966 when they drew 1-1. This was in Isn't a crowded lift. How good is that? Isn't that brilliant? You're in a lift with Pelly and he goes, Glasgow, number six. Number six yeah. And he remembers yeah. your number. Because he, he got Stevie Chalmers and was stuck close to him at the end and got his jersey. So Stevie Chalmers, the one that got, got Pelly's jersey after the game. Yeah. See, see, obviously, on Spain 82 as well. Because mm. I think Northern Ireland played Brazil over yeah. there, didn't they? Mm. So you heard the Jimmy Nickel one. Jimmy did, Nick, did, did Northern Ireland play them? I'm sure Scotland, that, did Aye, I'm sure Northern Ireland played them. Aye. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Nick goes, like, he says, so during the game, he says, we're getting a bit of a doing. He says, so I've Crab Pelly and I'm like, Pelly. Eh, sorry, Zico. He says, me and you, Zeke, Zeke, swapped you. He's like, yeah, 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 no problem, no problem at all. He's like, right, good, good. And he says, at the end of the game, he says, they just all go up into the tunnel and everything else. And they're in the dressing room and they're talking about the game at the end of it. And the door goes. 
And he's like, ah. and he comes there, Zico, and he's like, he says, hey, number two, Nico, he says, you strip, strip. And Timmy's like, sorry, boys, Zico's wanting my tap. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. How good, sir. Honestly, he's already stitched up straight away. Magic. Well, on the Zico, so, so, I, had a, I had fashion stores called Zico, football themed yeah. things in the West End of Glasgow. And one day a woman comes in, she says, You know, we, we, I, I did these, so I did Toff's jerseys, so I did Escape to Victory, Third Lanner, and all these Spain 82. I had all the jerseys up in the window. And she went, You've got this, Is that Escape to Victory? I said, Oh, it's, 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 it's the trackies. And she went, can I get one made? I went, aye, of course, of course, can get any name you want in the back of it. And I went, yeah, okay. My brother's John Work and he lost his from the from the film. I found mm. I'll tweet the photo, no I'll dig out the photo, yeah. I'll dig it out tonight. So I got one made up for him. We got for his, for his 50th birthday. Got a trackie and a jersey. She said, you know, he got the ball from the film. It was all signed by Pelly and we used to kick it about the streets. Got lost. Uh, they had everything. I love everything it, anything to do with that. Absolutely. I've, I've, so it, a, did got, you see the team photo? Yeah, 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 yeah. Escape to victory. Yeah, and, and there's a couple of articles as well, and it's just I love it. Isn't it wonderful? It. We got so about a month later, she came back in and you asked for you, and there was this envelope, and in it was honestly like an edition of this of signed pictures from Ipswich, mm. from his whole career. I mean, twenty odd pictures of him, and at the end of it, a photograph of him in his back garden, and his escape to victory top. Brilliant. Isn't that brilliant? Absolutely brilliant. Said he just loved it. He was so appreciative. Do you know, on that as well, you know, what a team, Ipswich. Oh, absolutely. And again... But again, they they had had a big scouting system up here. When we were young players, everyone except me, of course, was getting cards (laughs) for Ipswich. (laughs) Ipswich was one of the clubs because it was was full of Scots. So, going back to Clyde Bank, when we were up in the Dentoker Hibs, Mm -hmm. you went to the dressing room and the names that are on that wall. And I think John worked on it. Yeah, Andy Green, uh, Eddie Gray, yeah, and yeah. Frank Gray's there as well. Yeah, and you're like unbelievable. Alec Muller, and you're thinking, what the hell? Yeah. That, you know, when you look at that and you're saying, and that was, that was that was my grandfather's ground when it was Duntoker Hibs. I love playing there. My absolutely. grandfather was involved in Duntoker Hibs. Was he? As well, back in the 60s. And, well, mine would have been the 30s. Right. So I need to. I've got the book, but I can't find okay. any more details. I'm just got impressed things about him. But that was his. That was his ground. So went up the groundsman showed us around there, and all the gear they've got is from Fair Man United. Man United. Mm-hmm. All the training gear. You turn the training gear around. The badges stitched over. Aye. It's all Man United. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Isn't it? Isn't it's, it? What a setup. But oh, it's frightening. So did John Watt come in, or was it just his sister? No, no, it's just his sister come in. But um, yeah, it was quite something. What a something. player he was. What a player. Was he not involved in 8 Spain 82 as well? He was, he was. He was there actually. He was there as well. And then uh, we John, John's so Burley. John's Burley would have been yeah, in that absolutely. team as well. Yeah, I, want to, I want to ask you the football focus, the focus on sections where they, they ask footballers a bunch of questions. Aye, aye, aye. So we're going to do the same for yourself. Don't make them too hard. Okay, so we'll go through them. We'll rattle through them. Full name. Alan George Jack. Birthplace? Glasgow. First car? First car, Peugeot 106 Roland Garros. Okay. Favourite team? Oh. Rangers. Favourite player? Oh, right. What era? All time. All time? Diego Maradona. Diego. Yeah, great shout. Most memorable match that you played in or you've watched? A most memorable match that I played in or watched? I mean, I would hope that ones you've played in, you've watched as well, so I could have just left it that. Out of body experience. <laughs> um, 
I would say for me, it's got to be my first game, as I said, in the reserve, the one that I told you. Because there was a lot there for me, do you know what I mean? As I said, my very first reserve game, the whole, you know, it's funny, you can, I can remember the day, because I remember, as I said, Starkey said to me, right, come on, you're coming. And I thought, I've not got any studs. So we always had two pairs of boots, you had your mouldies and studs. And I said, I've no studs. Right, get away up the shop. And get yourself some studs, right? Because I'd, I'd literally just signed. I'd literally just signed, so I wasn't along there. And I was like, I've only got Moldy's uh, start. He's like, way up the shop and get yourself a pair of boots. And I remember I got these Deodoras, and it was yeah. like, uh, oh, the, the, Cabrini's. It was uh, yeah. the yellow stripe, no, the, yeah. the yellow, like, kind of Deodora thing. I think it was Bajos or something. Like so I was like, I'll be up. And then I remember going on the bus and on the minibus, and the wee groundsman, Gus Hollis, taking, your, taking us all the, 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 the Fennec Moor, no, the, the Eagle Shimmer mm, one, yeah. right? And the bus was all over the place and everything else. It's a horrible road. Oh, it's <laughs> a terrible <laughs> road. And I remember going into Parkhead. I remember going into Parkhead at the time it was the old Parkhead mm. and the Celtic the wee Celtic rug in the front and uh, I was like there was a like a, a kind of roped a uh, chain ro- like no like rope chain round the, round yeah. the rug so he didn't stand in it and I was kidding on I was going to stand in it and all this kind of stuff <laughs> and the gaffer was holding me back and just everything just remember in the dress room and it's like no fear in it it's just yeah. innocence it's just yeah, yeah. it's if you like she said it's like goes back to that gallusness just you know like you're not really taking that. Nobody's going to die. Aye, nobody's yeah. going to die, as I said. So, and remember the whole day, and I can re- I can remember the gaffer in, in this kind of long green, dark green crombie coat, as he did, and he always tied it, you know, around, around the waist and everything else as well. And the whole, everything you can remember. So, that I'd probably say for me that one, and then, like, so I remember jumping into Danny Greeny's car, it was a wee red BMW 316, and Puffer's driving, and Charlie Nick's in the other seat. Yeah. And you're sitting there, and Charlie Nicholas turning around saying to you, you know, show that kind of confidence. So that would probably be. Well, the it's game. such a unique experience because there's so Isn't many it? names involved. Because you could easily have been playing East Fife yeah. and I could be all reserve players. Well, not reserve, you know, Gordon Marshall never shook my hand at the end of the game. I remember yeah, that as well yeah. because I chipped him. As, well, as you know, goalkeepers hate getting chipped. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's why, that's as you know. As well, that's that's, that's a nutmeg. Same uh, thing. Of course, Absolutely. as you know, I used to yeah. love chipping the goalie. Yeah. I mean, I used to always try it for the halfway line. What a time when I'd done it a couple of times. Once you know it knows him. When you notice, honestly. Well, that's a bit what Bearcamp said is that there's always space above. There always is. To do a keeper. There always is. And it's great. So it was brilliant to do that. So I would say that. I would say that one. So what, what's been your biggest disappointment? Biggest disappointment? Probably no further than my senior career. Mm. I don't have many disappointments. You know, I'm not one of these guys that reflect and go, oh, oh God, mm. what's for you? I'm a typical wee Glaswegian guy that says, what's for you is not going to go by you. But if there's anything, it would be probably no fulfilling my potential at senior mm. level. What's the best country you've visited? Best country I've visited? Um. Funny enough, the wife, she's on to me about a holiday this year and wanting to go to Dubai and Thailand, so I'm trying to pull the reins in. Um, what am I looking at the now? Best country I've visited, I would say America. I like America. Okay. I like, uh, but it's not just, I like going to New York, I like going to LA and things like that, so it's not just your mainstream Florida diet. You know, I like yeah. to go to these places and I want to do, what want to do Route 66 as well. Yeah, I think that's on Aye. the list yeah. of the bucket list, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. So what, not. What's your favourite food? Italian. Italian. As you can see, I like a lot of food, but <laughs> Italian, eh? Uh, what's a couple of things you like that you enjoy? That I enjoy doing? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I enjoy my job. Mm-hmm. I enjoy my job. I enjoy doing my job. I enjoy working in the industry I work in. I, I love football. Yeah. I, I love golf. I love going and watching my son playing. I enjoy that. Get okay. back, you know, fulfilment out of that as well. That's plenty. So yeah, it's that's good. That's, 
That's loads. A um, couple of things that drives you up the wall. Um, neg- negativity. Negative people really, really get me down, mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah. You know I mean, it's just, I think... There's so much negativity in the world nowadays. It's. I'm guessing you're a morning person. No, I'm not. not. No, 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 no. Oh, I, lo- no. I love my bed. I love my scratcher. Off. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm certainly not. But I like to be. I always look at things in, in a positive side. I don't see the point in looking at negative. I hate people being, you know, down. There's there's so much more in life than just worrying about. Oh, right, okay. But like only mentioned that about the the was it Bill Glancy Jack 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 Glancy the the Presbyterian oh, uh, minister the place. Uh, oh, he yeah. says so much negativity oh, Jack was but you know what I mean and that's what I'm saying there's too much negativity yeah, in the world yeah. you know and, and, and people you know yeah. just uh, be more positive right at this point I'm just going to give a shout out to our um, the who was partnered up with um, in terms of supporting them and it's called Back On Side. So here in the UK, one in four people will experience a mental health illness each year. Mental health includes a person's emotional, psychological and social well-being. An obvious widespread problem, yet it's estimated that only a quarter of sufferers receive ongoing treatment, leaving the majority of the UK population tackling these debilitating issues on their own. Here at Back On Side, we have recognised the ongoing dilemma and are determined to rebuild a society where no young person or adult is left tackling mental health problems alone. So we've teamed up with Back On Side and we do we do supply a donate button for the podcast, which is obviously I've put it somewhere that nobody can find it. So, <laughs> But what we do is essentially for every pound you donate, you get a raffle ticket. And what we'll do is we you've got the original magazine that we've... We've sort of touched on a little bit in this show. Um, we've got a, a super-sized version of it as well. So what we'll do is we'll get everybody to sign this afterwards as well. And I'll maybe throw in some other goodies from my collection and things. Um, so if you donate a pound, you can donate as much as you want. But for every pound, you get a raffle ticket. And when we draw it, the winner will get this goodie bag. So you can do all that online. Um, just, you know, check, check out the the Scotch Footy Cards Twitter because I keep forgetting what our Shoot the Breeze <laughs> addresses are. I've I've got it written down somewhere so I think just talk amongst yourself and let me find that. This will get a lot smoother in future episodes. For As you go. I, I wrote it down so... It, it, ah, wait a minute. Alright, okay. Okay. Right, website is shootthebreezepod.co.uk so that's all one word. Shoot the Breeze Pod. Um, Twitter is shoot tb underscore podcast and we also have an instagram as well but i'm not even going to bother with that um so listen as as so often happens with these things we, we get through a small portion of the magazine but but that's think, what it's about it's well, exactly. a conversation that's it's, it's, so about, it's about having conversation page, so. starting points and you know as good as it would be to get through all this stuff you know we've, we've chatted some brilliant stuff today as well um, and as I say, when we get to this stage with other people, I'd, I'd absolutely love to get you back on again. Definitely maybe, I. maybe you could be in this side. And, I, I, know, I don't know if I could be that side. I don't know if I could be that side. But definitely, I not really enjoyed it. I think it's good, and I think it's good sharing memories and 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 sharing, you know, what our experiences are, and yeah. and that's what it's all about. You know, I think it's a a great experience to do, and and hopefully you can and pass it on, and and, and hopefully somebody 
can take a bit of positivity out of it for a change. Mm. So, which is good. No, good stuff. And it is always lovely looking back on this period as well, ah, isn't it? It just brilliant. takes you straight back to brilliant. taking the ball about in the street. I, I'm, 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 I'm actually sitting there thinking about the new, as I said. It, should, it, should we go Rattle off the shot until the police come on the But it's right, it's true, it's brilliant. No, it's really good. So, I'd like to also say a special thanks to Pete Wiley of the Mighty Wah for the use of Story of the Blues and the music for our show. It's one of my favourite songs ever. I still can't believe. What was that? Um, it off. The the song, the tune for the show, yep. the story of the blues, right. the mighty wah, uh, and Pete Wiley's given us permission to use it. Ah, brilliant! So good I'm good absolutely yeah, over yeah. the moon good, about good, that. Good, good. As you'll hear at the end in about 27 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> We're not that tight. That we can, we can. So you can you can catch up with Pete on www.petewiley.co.uk. Uh, and lastly, we'd like to thank our producer Diane Jarden for her great work and support. Golf clap. Uh, please check out www.transmissionroom.co.uk where you can book music recording and rehearsal facilities in Clyde Bank. So thank you very much. And again, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Alan, very much for, for joining here. And, um, thank you, Andy. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, please, if you do like the show, share it amongst your friends. If you don't like it, share it amongst your friends and then just don't listen again. So until the next time, let's shoot the breeze. Thank you.